0: Previously uncancelled too soon. Here's the pitch for Galactica 1980. The Galactica discovers Earth in 1980. So take everything that really worked about Galactica, the production design, the production mm. values, strong dynamic characters, stories that were mature, mostly mature. Mm. Uh, you know you had some that weren't. Take all that away, basically. <laughs> Put Duke Galactica on a much lower budget. Mm. Recast the characters with lookalikes that are not as interesting as the original characters. Make the show an educational children's show where every episode you learn something. The kids learn something by watching it. Oh my god, I can't and wait. And that's what Galactica 1980 I saw is. one preview for wow. Galactica 1980 in which I think
1: there was a Little League team with superpowers? Yes. yes nice! Yes, well the only... Uh, How how could this possibly be a disappointment?
0: (laughs) Oh, Whitney might regret saying that. And now, the exciting conclusion of this. The
1: history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But
0: did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon. and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted one season or less. My name is William DeBiani. I'm a film critic for Blumhouse.com and uh, Crave Online and What The Flick. Everybody calls me Bibbs.
1: Very nice. Thank you. My name is Whitney Seibold. That's all. That's all Uh you need to know. I require no introduction. No, I'm, I'm a you, film critic as well. Yeah, f- f- you know, like, like, well,
0: you host another podcast, right?
1: I host another podcast. What do you host? The, uh, the B-Movies podcast. From, from whence we hail. I also write reviews occasionally for uh, Blumhouse.com and Legion of Leia and whoever else will have me. You're a cool fruit who really knows where his towel yeah. is. I've, I have, have in the past written for some high-profile outlets. And then they kicked me off, (laughs) so I I can get in the door, and then they usher me out of the party immediately.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, this week on Cancelled Too Soon, uh, we have got an exciting conclusion. It's a two-part episode. Uh, Last week, we reviewed the sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica, the original series. in so doing,
1: feels like a, a gross violation of our rule.
0: But in actuality isn't. Uh, our rule is we only do series that lasted one season or less. Battlestar Galactica lasted one season and got canceled. And mm-hmm. and then when they, and, But there was a massive letter-writing campaign, which was kind of unheard of at the time, to bring it back. Because this so, was
1: 1979, by the way. Mm-hmm.
0: And as such, ABC said, okay, well, people are really interested. Let's bring back Battlestar Galactica. But we don't want to spend a lot of money, and we want them to change the entire premise of the show. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it ended up being a new series, a new title... That was more of a spinoff than it was an actual continuation there, of the events of Battlestar there Galactica. There
1: is one common character until the last episode when there's two. Oh,
0: there's a couple of minor characters.
1: And, and a couple of minor characters yeah. show up here and there. But yeah, the lead characters are different. Uh, yep. The setting is different. The premise is different. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't resemble Battlestar Galactica in any way. Mm-hmm. At all. But before we get to that,
0: uh-huh. we want you to remember mm. that
1: we're on Patreon! <laughs> Shameless plug time. Okay, uh, we're on Patreon, which means you can subscribe, which means you can give us money on a regular basis of whatever denomination you choose. That's right. Now, we have tiers, but you're not beholden to those tiers.
0: Technically, if- you can you can donate $1 a month. In fact, I think at least one person is currently doing that, and we thank you for that. Mm. We don't want you to spend more than you can afford, so mm. that's perfectly reasonable. We, we know
1: what it's like to be trim. Yes,
0: we do. That's we what the reasons why we have a
1: Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't we don't want anybody to break themselves uh, supporting our raggedy asses. But uh, you can contribute at uh five dollar mm-hmm. tiers, a ten dollar tier or a twenty-dollar tier.
0: Yes. And, and you, you get, get different prizes for each tier.
1: Progressively better stuff right. as you go up.
0: Uh, the $5 tier you get to uh, get a bonus episode of Cancel Too Soon every month, the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie. Mm-hmm. We recently did Someone I Touched, a shame, sex, scandal, mm. television movie from the 1970s starring so, Cloris
1: Leachman. So in other words, a television movie from the 1970s. Yeah, basically.
0: Uh, and uh, but And also, you get to contribute in a monthly poll in which you get to help us decide which television series... We're going to review the next month, and the new poll is up. Only about half of our Patreon subscribers have voted as of the recording of this episode, mm. and uh, it's not too late because it's still pretty close. And if,
1: if you subscribe right now, mm. you can contribute to that poll. Absolutely. If you're not a subscriber yet. Uh,
0: the current nominees are a television series called Cliffhangers from the 1970s, which consisted of three Smaller TV shows Including (laughs) a cowboy sci-fi deal Mm -hmm. A Dracula series And a series called Stop Susan Williams Which was uh, basically the silent series The Perils of Pauline Mm -hmm. Where the young lady is strapped to the railroad tracks Every week
1: Yeah, it was... um... Yeah, high concept and didn't last long
0: No it did not, none of our shows do uh, The other next series is uh, Masquerade You could choose Masquerade Which stars Kirstie Alley as I believe a CIA agent Who enlists random ordinary people to be spies for a day Like there's mm. one thing they need a spy to do And rather than train someone for months They just get someone else to do it for one day mm. Okay Interesting concept. We've got Pasadena, a, two- uh, a soap opera from the 2000s, I believe it was 2001, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of a Twin Peaks sex crime scandal soap opera. It came out in 2001, and apparently people were not feeling it, perhaps because <laughs> of 9 11. And lastly, Wiz Kids, which is basically that movie Hackers, but with like 10 year old kids in 1983. Back so, when
1: computers were at their cuttingest edgiest.
0: So really fucking weird. You can pick any of those shows and whichever one gets the most votes, we will review that series in July. And beyond that tier, again, we have exclusive videos. We have merchandise. We're going to have Google Hangouts. We have a gift club in which we're going to send you curated bits of awesome pop culture ephemera. <laughs> uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And you can check that out at patreon.com slash canceled too soon. We got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. And now it is time for Galactica 1980.
1: What does he mean he's never driven before?
0: Quite possibly they don't have cars where these men come from.
1: Where don't they have cars? Have you people ever heard of
0: anti-gravity travel? No, we're not from Earth.
1: Wonder if my coming here wasn't a huge mistake. You could travel through time. How dare you come into my life with, with people that disappear? Go to turbos and let's get out of here. A permanent home in Nazi Germany.
0: Nice. Galactica
1: 1980. Uh, the So uh, the premise is as we mentioned, is completely different from that of Battlestar Galactica. Now what was, Battlestar Galactica yeah, what was, the original was a series about that took place on a distant planet. Uh, but there were humans living on it, and Mm. the details kind of unfolded slowly over the series, but uh, humans were essentially wiped out by this evil race of robots called the Cylons, and the Cylons wanted to exterminate humanity for reasons that were unrevealed. But uh, uh, one phalanx, like one uh, fleet of starships, managed to survive, Mm -hmm. and uh, the Battlestar Galactica was the head of the the fleet, led by Captain Adama, and it was about how they were kind of traveling away, accumulating people, searching for the one last haven that they knew might exist in the galaxy, a planet called Earth. Uh, so, and you didn't
0: know until the last episode of Battlestar Galactica whether they were going to find Earth in like mm. prehistoric times yeah, and end starting our culture. If they were going to show up today, mm. if we were going to find Earth in the future, mm. who knows what Earth was going to yeah, be. And we, then, knew,
1: we knew that they had left Earth in the distant past, but we didn't know how, what the time actually was mm-hmm. uh, for these people. So, uh, yeah, in the very last episode of Battlestar Galactica, as was eloquently described by Scott Mance, our special guest on that episode. Who
0: sadly could not uh, join us this week. He
1: he has he has he, bigger and better things he has to do. He's been recast,
0: than, but with a lookalike. Uh, Say hello, Javier Gutierrez Mance. <laughs>
1: hello!
0: <laughs> that's, that's, he looks alike. He doesn't sound a lot like that, Scott.
1: That's just Sergio in a, in a coat. <laughs> <laughs> it's three cats in a coat. <laughs> um, no, uh, as, as was described by Scott Mance... At the very end of the last episode, the characters weren't even privy to this. They were just sort of pointing their searcher out into the galaxy. And they, uh, as they left the room, we, the audience saw on a television monitor the moon landing, the, the Apollo moon landing. And so the implication was they were arriving on Earth in the 1960s, and, uh, like, which was close to the time, the, like a decade mm-hmm. before the, the show mm-hmm. aired. Um, cool. Cool. Really? Uh, and I'm not sure what they were going to do with the rest of the series. I think they knew they were doomed, so they just put in this cute little zinger at the end eh, for the fans. If, I
0: don't know. It, might, um, it seems like the, a cool way to sort of tease people for future seasons. Yeah, and maybe, we the now, maybe we would have got
1: there. Maybe we would If the chronology with Battlestar 1980 pl- or Galactica 1980 plays out, they arrived in 1950. <laughs> because 30 years have now passed, and the Battlestar Galactica. Has been orbiting Earth uh-huh. for thirty years.
0: No, it hasn't been orbiting Earth. They well, only it, just found it. Well, they left the solar system and then they came back. Okay, here's 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 how it works. Uh, uh, all right. let, let me. I can I can make this clear.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, the original plan after that letter writing campaign. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to bring Battlestar Galactica back. But in order to sort of smooth out the edges, give us a fresh start, the original plan was if the series was going to take place five years after the end of Battlestar Galactica. Uh, It was going to play out very much like we're about to describe to you in the pilot of Battlestar Galactica, except Gaius Baltar, the man who betrayed the human race, got Mm -hmm. all of those uh, extraterrestrial versions of humanity killed, uh, was now going to be the new villain, and he was going to in a time machine travel throughout time and try to find a way to alter earth's timelines. It would be more conducive to his people surviving and colonizing Mm. the planet.
1: What was that? Uh, Oh, my, my phone's running out of battery. Sorry about that. Turn off the phone. It's off. The sound was down. All right. All right. Sorry.
0: All right. Uh, Then what happened was they couldn't get some of their original cast back. People Mm -hmm. like Richard Hatch or Dirk Benedict, the stars of the show, were either unavailable due to other projects or didn't really have a lot of interest based on the new Mm -hmm. direction of the series. So they said, screw it. We're going to set it 30 years in the future. All of those characters that you knew and loved, most of them are just
1: dead <laughs> most of them are gone or dead or, or we just don't see them or yeah, yeah they're just go- gone from the series right uh, and so- then
0: and so uh Lauren green is still uh admiral adama he is still leader of the fleet he comes he finds earth earth is present day 1980 but they're afraid of landing on earth because if they colonize the planet the cylons are just going to follow them and earth is not sufficiently technologically advanced to defend themselves Mm. from an alien
1: invasion so we send down our two new leads which look distractingly like the original leads although Mm. one of them is now boxy all grown up oh boxy you Fucker. So he's still around, but he's, Bo- a, he's he's essentially a brand new character. Boxy
0: was the annoying child character mm-hmm. in the original series of Battlestar Galactica, constantly stowing away on ships, getting people killed. So the, he was terrible.
1: The, the 12-year-old has aged 30 years, and now he's 25. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, <laughs> he teams up with another 25-year-old guy, mm-hmm. and uh, they go down to Earth, just the two of them, and surreptitiously, but not really all that surreptitiously, because they're not really good at hiding out uh, in their uh, X-Wings. Mm -hmm. And also they have invisibility cloaking devices. Yes. And flying motorcycles. Yes. (laughs) All of
0: this is awesome.
1: It it is. And you know... (laughs) I'm going to say this right away. If this had nothing to do with Battlestar Galactica, this would be a fun series.
0: There's a fun concept here, and we'll talk about how it goes right and how it goes horribly Mm -hmm. wrong. Uh, Let's talk a little bit. uh, uh, Let's get down to brass tacks a bit. Uh, Galactica 1980 aired from January 24th, 1980 through May 4th, 1980 on ABC. It aired Sundays at 7 p.m. opposite 60 Minutes. So couldn't distract people from 60 minutes.
1: Well, the grown-ups have control of the TV at that time yeah. and they're going to watch 60 minutes. The kids, and this is a kids program. Let's let's be s- perfectly frank. Especially
0: after we get out of the pilot yeah. and it changes direction dramatically.
1: Battlestar Galactica was skewed, you know, adolescent and because uh, it, it was a Star Wars take. It was a Star was Wars, Wars knockoff. Tra- it was a Star off. Wars knockoff. It was its own thing, but it existed because Star Wars was popular. But it, it did have sort of a, well, not through every episode, but overall had a, a bit more of a serious tone. Mm-hmm. They, it dealt with headier uh, ideas. It was a war series the devil in space. showed up in one episode. It was, it was, was a war
0: series in space. Yeah. There
1: were consequences. People died. Uh, little kids might not like Battlestar Galactica. Why the hell not? it little... spaces and and aliens and, oh, and lasers. And, 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 and a chimp in a fursuit. suit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Maybe so. All that stuff's cool. Little kids, kids would definitely like Galactica 1980 because they can get the concept a little better. It's a lot more broad. It's a lot more Saturday morning, even though it aired on Sunday night.
0: I don't understand your philosophy on little kids. When I was a little kid, I didn't like being pandered to. Mm-hmm. All of the stuff we're going to see in Galactica 1980, and after the pilot episode uh-huh. sets up exactly what the series is going to be like, the network said, we don't like that, and the
1: entire series changed direction immediately. Okay. Uh, If I'm seven years old, I wouldn't have the patience for something like Battlestar Galactica, but I would for Galactica 1980. Well, and that was my biggest problem with the original Battlestar Galactica, was that even though the bullet
0: points were great, even Mm. though the ideas were great, even though it looked really cool, and there were episodes here and there that were totally kick-ass... It felt a little padded, it felt a little stodgy, it felt like it took itself a little too seriously sometimes. Galactica 1980 is so bonkers sometimes Uh, that I couldn't help but love it, uh, even though I know in my head, this
1: is fucking stupid. (laughs) Well, and and it it goes to a theory that I hold very dear to my heart, that you can... L- love something and hate something at the same time Well that's what family can, is I suppose so <laughs> like, you, you can recognize how dumb something is and still love it And openly acknowledge how dumb it is
0: Alright let's talk about the cast mm. uh, Captain Troy who is formerly known as Boxy Which I guess was always a nickname mm. Is played by Kent McCord Who you may recall from the TV series Adam-12 he was in a oh, lot okay, of genre yeah. movies like Predator 2, Return of the Living Dead 3, <laughs> Airplane 2. He also played Crichton's father on the sci-fi series Farscape, which uh,
1: was awesome. There's a character named Crichton on Farscape? He's the protagonist. That's that's the name of the android from Red Dwarf. I, I assure you they knew. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Um, okay, let's I don't see. know Far but I know Red Dwarf. Uh, Captain Troy's partner on Earth, trying to fit in, not doing a very good job of it, is Lieutenant Dylan, played by Barry Van Dyke, who did a lot yeah. of no, TV shows with he, his with his relative, he's, Dick Van Dyke. He's he's got yeah, he's got a long illustrious career. Yeah, he was in like like. 200 episodes of Diagnosis Murder. Mm. He was an airwolf. He was in a series I did not know existed and now we need to track down mm. called Gunshy. It was canceled too soon. It was canceled after about six episodes. Oh, I know Gunshy. The, the, the Apple Dumpling Gang TV series? Yeah, yeah. No one
1: told me this existed. Okay, yeah, I know about that one.
0: That's insane. Um, Why is that a thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he was really good on Diagnosis Murder. He's Dick okay. Van Dyke's son. And, uh, yeah,
0: I, I forgot to check the actual relationship. I thought yeah. maybe nephew. I don't know, but son definitely. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, they are joined in their adventures by a plucky female reporter, and I'm not uh, sure from, what from from modern day Earth. From yeah. modern day Earth, and I'm not sure what clip I'm gonna. I, I will have put into like the opening of our of our show as, when we, as, cut as we record this. Yeah, okay. but one of the clips that I have to choose from, like one of the ads, is like the 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 adventurous heroes from from Galactica mm-hmm. team up with their girl reporter. And I'm like,
1: oh, fuck off. Their girl uh, reporter. Screw she, you. You know, she should be the lead of the show. Well, in, in an alternate universe, she is. But we'll it talk about that. It makes more sense to yeah. have her be
0: the lead of the show. She is played by Robin Douglas, mm-hmm. who was in Breaking Away. She was in The Lonely Guy. And she had at least one episode of a lady cop series called Lady Blue, which also <laughs> qualifies for canceled too soon. Uh, and meanwhile, the villain of the series, which was originally going to be Guy Baltar, but it takes place 30 days in the
1: future. They said play- get him played back. by Battlestar Galactica Returnee.
0: Yeah, we have a few. Those actually. Yeah. Quite a few people from Battlestar Galactica returned to Galactica 1980 as different uh, characters. Yeah,
1: so, but I don't mind because it's Richard Lynch mm-hmm. and Richard Lynch is great.
0: Yeah, he was the villain in Invasion USA. Uh, he was in a cancelled series called The Phoenix. Uh, in a later episode, the same character. Mm. For no particular reason, other than I guess maybe Richard Lynch was unavailable that week.
1: They 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 <laughs> kind of ti- him. They time lord him a little bit, yeah, and They, they give were... him they give him a, like a disguise hologram that mm-hmm. sort of changes his face, and so now he's a new actor. And he's
0: replaced by actor Jeremy Brett. Mm. And the other major character in the cast, a completely new addition that they don't establish right away. And, and it's really in fact, confusing. And in fact,
1: they don't really establish why he's in power, who he is, his relationship to the Galactica, un- until the final episode of Not the show. Not clearly,
0: anyway. So, Adama, mm-hmm. Lauren Green, dignified, respectable, mm-hmm. experienced, by all accounts, according to the original series, the greatest leader the human race has ever known. Mm-hmm. Great. He's in charge of uh, Battlestar Galactica, he's in charge of the fleet, and in the first episode of Galactica 1980, and in all episodes to come, he takes all his orders from a child.
1: Uh, oh, oh, An adolescent, to be fair. And the he's, first he's episode about, he's is He's about 12. And in, in the first episode, I guess the first story arc, mm-hmm. he's played by none other than Robbie Rist. Who, um,
0: who TV fans know as Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. That's The right. character
1: nobody liked. Robbie Rist has a very illustrious career, in mm-hmm. fact. Uh, he... Most dear to me, he played the voice of Michelangelo in the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, mm-hmm. movie.
0: And he has a lot of voiceovers. Mm-hmm. He's done Naruto. Right now, he's on Doc McStuffins. Yeah. Uh, he mm-hmm. was in a cancel-too-soon Revenge of the Nerds pilot we got to try to track down.
1: Uh, oh, it's it's on the DVD. I have it. Oh, cool. I didn't yeah. know that.
0: I'll have to answer that sooner <laughs> than later. Um, but after the first story arc, uh, uh-huh. much like Galactica, the original Battlestar Galactica, Galactica 1980 likes to do a lot of two-part episodes. Mm-hmm. After the first story arc, Robbie Rist is replaced by James Patrick Stewart, who would go on to do shows like Andy Richter Controls the Universe and mm-hmm. Emily's Reasons Why Not, which we will, of course, get to on Cancel Too Soon because that's notorious. Um, <laughs> and I think they probably changed him up because
1: he looks a little older than Robbie Rist, yeah, Rob- and it's a little bit more plausible. Yeah, Robbie Rist it was like this little blonde Moppet with glasses, mm-hmm. and I don't recall them explaining what this relationship was at all throughout the series, Galactica 1980, mm-hmm. uh, who this kid is. He's essentially the Emperor, and Adama is Darth Vader.
0: Yeah, the, the, the explanation but, uh, we're given in the first episode is that while they were on their travels, someone gave birth to basically a super baby. And we established uh, in the first season, uh, in, in the first series, Battlestar Galactica, that at some point, humanity is capable of evolving and becoming more godlike. And the implication is that Doctor Z, who I guess got his doctorate very quickly, uh, <laughs> he's a he, super baby. He's he's a super baby. He's 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 an absolute genius. He invents things throughout the series. He's able to predict the future. He can all kinds of crazy
1: shit. He he. And to be fair. He's a much more resolute and clear-headed leader than Adama ever was. Perhaps but Ad- it really... Adama was much more emotionally tried to get involved and you know be and of course when you're in a desperate situation like that you have to make sure everything's clear. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure there's no fighting. But Dr. taking Z... care of relationships is part of your job since the premise is different, you need a different kind of leader. And I think Dr. Z is the kind of leader you need. I don't know why he's a super child.
0: I think it's pandering. I think they're trying to appeal to little kids and they're trying to say like, Hey, you know, that great leader, uh-huh. like that, that like George S Patton type character on your, on the show that you looked up to. Mm-hmm. Now he takes orders from you. 10 year old audience. Yeah. yeah, that's And fair. I'm like, I don't trust me. I'm going to get us all killed. I don't trust that kid. It's all, I, he, the kid looks like a fucking village of the damned baby. Like He's going to he get everyone killed because
1: he's a sociopath. I think they were just trying to add a little bit of texture to the series and, and extra little element. But it's you so know, random than, and odd. It, it's science fiction-y in that broad sort of sense. And I accepted it for long enough for them to get away with it. <laughs> so I, never, I I never really rejected it wholesale the way I might have.
0: I rejected it um, because... You know, when you come up with a fantasy story, whether it's science fiction or mm. hard fantasy, well, maybe hard fantasy. <laughs> hard We're all, fantasy? Well, like, I think there's different kinds of fantasy. There's like mm. Harry Potter type fantasy, where it's an adjunct to the real world. Mm. There's the real world, and then there's this. Mm. And then there's like Lord of the Rings or Just Game like of Thrones, a, it's where. It's a
1: different planet yeah, entirely. You have yeah.
0: complete freedom in those types of situations. But if there's an adjunct to the real world, as indeed we see in Galactica 1980, um, I only want so many variations from reality. <laughs> okay. So I was willing think to think that's ex- one
1: toke over the line? Like, well,
0: especially if it goes two or three tokes over the line, and that's what I feel Dr. Z does, because not only is a child in charge, but it's a super baby who was born off camera, who we're not going to talk about for ten well, episodes.
1: And it, it plays into what uh, the eventual premise of the show seems to be, because they keep coming back to the group of super babies. Mm-hmm. And the group of super babies who were born in the interim, and now they're all between the ages of maybe six and ten. Yeah. And they're all super geniuses, and they also have to ingratiate themselves into Earth society. Mm-hmm. And and they can but, float. Yeah, because I guess gravity is different on the ship. Once they land on Earth, gravity is light for them, and they can super jump. So The, the adults can also do that, but they only do it in one episode.
0: <laughs> and, and again, we're going to go through this on a story arc by story arc basis. Mm-hmm. But again, the original premise that was filmed in the pilot was it was going to be these 2 hotshot warriors and this one human female reporter who actually knows the history of Earth. She has, mm-hmm. a, has a degree in history. Going back in time, constantly stopping this supervillain mm-hmm. from changing the timeline. Another idea, which, much like an episode in the original Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. would be repurposed when they eventually created Quantum Leap, which okay. was done by some of the same people. Uh, Hold on. Okay. And then after that episode, time travel... Too expensive, too weird. We don't like it. Instead, we're going to have those two hotshot warriors and that reporter who has a degree in chemistry and a degree in history. (laughs) Not chemistry. And I did that. Has a degree in history and how we said they're going to travel through time every single week. Now they're babysitting a gaggle of super babies every week.
1: Super boy and Girl Scouts. No yeah.
0: less. They have to have. They have Boy Scout and Girl Scout and in fact, uniforms. There's and an a,
1: there's an entire story arc on how they get Scout uniforms. Battlestar Galactica. Woo! A- every time, like, my, jazz hands. My, my wife watched a little bit a <laughs> little bit of this with me, and every time they came across like, oh, there's an inter- an intersection in the valley. We've been there. <laughs> it's like, oh look, somebody's stealing a cart full of clothes. We just I, I just like to scream out, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Like science fiction, they're stealing scout uniforms. Okay, so
0: in the first ep- uh, three-part uh, episode, mm-hmm. Galactica
1: discovers Earth. Mm-hmm. Galactica discovers Earth, mm-hmm. and but the, then but uh, they don't. They don't they don't want to F everything up. And I see a lot of echoes of Star Trek here. Mm. Not only did Star Trek IV rip off the premise of this show, like kind of wholesale. Yeah.
0: Even when, even when Star Trek did time travel shows, like and went back into the 20th century, Uh. it didn't play like this. There's a lot of fish out of water humor, Mm. a lot of holier than thou. Oh, don't they understand how much better it is with the way we do it sort
1: of thing. What is this? The middle ages. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like it's, it's, it's a little condescending. And very silly. And it's not terribly funny. And it's half of every episode.
1: Yeah. After a while. It's, it's, I I prefer that to sort of in the later episodes where it's like, we're going to do Battlestar Galactica out of money. Scouts. (laughs) (laughs) Usher in the scouts. We ran out of money. We don't, we can't do any more space battle. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: So in, in the, in the pilot, uh, Captain Troy and Lieutenant, what's his name? Uh, Barry Van Dyke. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Rockhead One and Rockhead Two, right. because they're just they're just handsome schmoes, basically. And, and
1: they don't seem to have unique personalities between the two of them. Like, they don't. even though Apollo and Starbuck from the original series looked really similar, mm. and I had like it took me a few episodes to start telling them apart, they did have unique personalities. Yeah. Apollo was a goody two shoes. Mm. Starbuck was yeah, uh, a bit, bit of a, a rebel, bit of a rogue, and uh, yeah, and that was enough. These two it's guys amazing are, how, how much you miss that. These two guys are one personality bifurcated. They they only there's only two Two of them so they'll have somebody to talk to
0: yeah so uh they they go down to earth they're going to ingratiate themselves and their goal in the first part is to find scientists not unlike in the day the earth stood still right we're going to meet the scientists will be more conducive to appreciating that we're from space mm-hmm. and that we'll be able to start a dialogue with the people of earth and get the ball rolling mm-hmm. uh and of course there's this one thing I love in like a lot of sci-fi movies or a lot of fantasy movies, which is the person from another time, another planet, another dimension, mm. their first experience on Earth has got to be with an asshole. Or a drunk. Or a drunk. Like There's mm. just got to be some sort of weird conflict that just shows how shitty humans can be. Yeah. My favorite example of this is, of course, in Supergirl. <laughs> in which Max Headroom shows up and
1: tries to assault her. Yeah, Matt, uh, the rapist Matt Frewer yeah, appears and, in the street, and, and is he wearing like a Dr like, Pepper hat? He is. He's wearing yeah. some really obvious product placement, and he's got. And, and he's a monster. So he's like, why a, would you pay for uh, that hat? And and it's weird. It's like they're just walking down the street, and all, a woman appears in front of him, and they're like, okay, sexual assault time. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's it doesn't horrifying, even, and it's a supergirl movie. This, this is catering to little hmm. kids. Like, why would you do that? Here. My, my favorite instance of yeah. that was in that movie Blast from the Past. Really? I don't remember that Oh, uh, where, Blast from the uh, past. if you haven't seen that movie, uh, a family goes into a bomb shelter because they think the Cuban Missile Crisis is happening, but it turns out it didn't, so they just live in this bunker for 30 years. Yeah. And uh, Brendan Fraser grows up in, he's born in there and he grows up in a bunker and has yeah. to. Adapts to yeah. society in the late '90s. It's actually not a bad movie. It's not, it's, it's quite it's quite good actually. It's pretty charming, it's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, but Christopher, Christopher Walken and played, Sissy Spacek play the parents. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Walken, like he assumes that the world has been wiped out, and he comes out in a gas mask. And the first person he meets is a, a, a transsexual prostitute, and he oh, de- and his mind can't process that and he's and he, he assumes that she's like an atomic mutation it's kind of it's <laughs> it's it's an interesting example yeah. of the people
0: who run the show or the people who wrote the movie yeah. trying to show you sort of like kind of the worst of civilization mm. and kind of accidentally revealing the worst of themselves <laughs> because this is what we think mm. will it's... be fun to watch and I'm like no it's actually just really condescending and fucked up of you uh, in this one they run into a bunch of bikers led by character actors Brian James yay Brian James the late awesome Brian James what do we, what do we know him from you probably know him from Everything. The Fifth oh, Element oh
1: god yeah uh,
0: I, I, I always remember him from The Fifth Element because it was his one kind mm. of heroic role but he played a lot of villains mm. uh, and also Mickey Jones who often plays Plays bikers and things. In mm. fact, he played a biker in The Master, another series mm. we reviewed on cancel too soon. Yeah. Um, they like so like so they're the first contact assholes. Bra- hold on,
1: hold on. I want to go on more on Brian James. Mm. Blade Runner, Tango yep. and Cash, yep. both forty-eight hours, enemy mind, the player, Southern Comfort. He's been in everything. He this was guy. in an awesome
0: career. Oh, I yeah. forgot one more uh first contact asshole. Uh. Terminator, Bill Paxton. With his weird tire tread tattoo, <laughs> running into the Terminator and getting like, getting murdered. Line. It's great. Um... So they see the Galacticans on their on their super bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're actually not even that rude. Like, they're kind of abrasive, but they're just like, hey, pull over, you got really cool bikes. We want to see your
1: bikes. Mm-hmm. And then for, like, the first of all, The what, implication be, is they're going to steal their bikes. Yeah. No, like, they don't I know a lot of
0: bikers. <laughs> they're actually pretty cool. They're probably just really interested and want to know where they can get their bikes.
1: On TV, however, bikers are always thieves and, and criminals. Well, I
0: grew up with a lot of bikers, so I don't were usually they assume that. all thieves
1: and criminals? None of them were. They were pretty cool guys. Um, Are you sure? Yes,
0: I'm very sure, okay? I met a lot of bikers. My dad used to restore old British motorcycles. Um... If you had a Norton Commando in California mm. over the last, like, 30 years, you knew my dad. Like, that's basically <laughs> how it worked. Um, so th- for the first of what will be about 50 times in this 10-episode series, mm. they go, well, I know we're trying to be incognito, but it's time to hit the super boost, and they mm. fly
1: away. And they they they, they had that special effects of them flying through the sky, and they had to use it. And they, and they yeah, use they, it over and over and over again. They, they fly away on their super bikes. And you know what? If I was seven years old and watching that show... I'd I want one of those. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, They got little fold down wings.
0: So they go to find this one uh, professor Mm -hmm. and they go into his office and there's a big protest. They're against nuclear energy. And they go into the professor's office, and the professor's assistant is trying to get them out of the way. Oh, you're hoodlums! Stop messing with his formula! And even though they're fixing it and like Mm
1: -hmm. inventing transparent aluminum, just like in the day the earth stood still, and And, and Star Trek IV, and Star Trek Mm
0: IV. And then they're escorted out six
1: years after this, by the Mm -hmm. way, Star Trek IV.
0: They're escorted out by the police, and uh, the professor comes in a little too late. Realizes, oh my god, they must be aliens. And not just smart people, I guess. I don't know. There must be aliens,
1: and well, they, uh, they they allude to something that doesn't exist on Earth yet. Yeah. So he, he it, it's it's believable. It's fine. Yeah.
0: And of course, they run into their plucky reporter, who, mm. uh, because she gets entangled with these two weird outer space interlopers mm. and this professor, and she becomes kind of their go between. She ends up getting this big reporter job because, oh, we've been trying to get an interview with this one scientist for months. Mm. That's a thing, right? <laughs> That's a totally a thing. So she ends up in a big car chase with them. They do that thing they used to do all the time in the 80s where you drive a car and then the, half the car would pop into the air and you'd, you'd only dr- drive, you'd drive around on the, on the, the on side the, two wheels. Yeah, yeah, that happened in like every movie in the 80s. and I've never seen it before or since. Remember uh, that, like in Twins, they would just do a whole bit? It was in Twins, it was in
1: Police Academy, yeah. it was in, uh, even a James Bond movie did it. So, yeah, just yeah. like
0: the coolest thing you could do with a car in the 80s, so they do was, that.
1: Was it Was the living daily? No, it was License to Kill did it. It mm-hmm. was one of the Timothy Daltons. Yeah, but like, again, it's goofy,
0: it's weird, and then they'll try to sell you on a big moment, like when the professor is talking to his assistant and she says, I don't understand why you're so interested in hoodlums. And he says... My dear, these hoodlums, Mm. as you call them, may be as important to mankind as the coming of the Messiah.
1: Mm. Popping on two wheels, making a lot of dumb
0: jokes. Yeah!
1: (laughs) Because, you know... If Jesus was around in the modern day, right, he'd be popping on two wheels, right, <laughs> and um, flying away on flying motorcycles and being cool.
0: Meanwhile, Richard Lynch, who is playing a completely different character than he played in mm. uh, *Battlestar Galactica*, he's playing Xavier, who is a member, I believe, of the Quorum of
1: Twelve. Although they don't ca- they don't always pronounce it Xavier. Mm. They pronounce it like Z- Z- Xavier in a couple episodes. I, they, they change it's his pronunciation I, I always numerous times throughout. I, I always bothers me when people do a- that x- all the time. It's X A V I R. It's Xavier. Here, yeah. but uh, they, yeah they pronounce it
0: uh, He has decided that the best way to protect humanity is to go back in time mm. and jumpstart their technology so that by 1980 mm. they will have been sufficiently advanced that they can fight off the Cylons, and um, you know which what makes
1: sense on paper. It makes sense on paper. It's only unethical to us because we're the earthlings in that scenario. Yeah, we're the the guinea pigs. Yeah. (laughs) And it turns out, as we find out in
0: episode two,
1: his big plan Uh is to go back into World War II Mm. and arm the Nazis. And make sure the Nazis take over because then there would be a military society. They'd be super advanced and they'd be able to fight off uh, Cylons.
0: I was a little hazy on Nazis whether Nazis not- mean
1: nothing to this guy. So he's like, sure, I'll just help out this army.
0: Honestly, I was a little hazy about whether the idea was the Nazis would win and they'd be in power and they'd mm-hmm. be very strong. Or if the fact that the Nazis were technologically advanced- would simply jumpstart every other country and make them have to catch up to the Nazis.
1: Oh, I I saw it as he's helping out Nazis so we can have Nazi future where a military, an evil military society is in charge. It's not terribly clearly presented. And in fact, when Dr. Z sends our heroes into
0: the past, for a bit there, I thought Dr. Z was sending our heroes into the past in order to arm the Nazis. Like, it oh, really yeah. wasn't
1: super clear. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was clearly hastily written. Yes. <laughs>
0: very, very much so. So they go back in time, uh-huh. which they can do now. And it's an effect they obviously got right out of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm. But I will say, on like, the Blu-ray release that they
1: have, it looks pretty. It looks fine. It's, it's a good-looking effect. It's it's fun. You can, you know When you see it, you know they're going back in time.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's very clear. <laughs> it reads. Uh, and they take the reporter with them because she actually knows a little bit about history. In fact, she knows quite a lot about history. Like, to the extent where she knows an insane amount of detail. Like, my dad was a World War II expert. Mm. Like, he read about it like for his spare time, and he wouldn't know all this shit.
1: It's like she knows where soldiers are going to be on the eve of a certain battle type of detail. Yeah,
0: she's a rivet counter. Like, it's Mm. actually pretty impressive. Uh, And, yeah, so Xavier is going to have the Nazis test fire a big rocket. Mm. And our heroes kind of bounce around, run into, like, a a behind-enemy-lines American Mm. spy... And uh, save a little girl from oh, the concentration camp trains. It and... just
1: occurred to me that if this was a crossover with the uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, it would yeah. make the movie make a lot more sense. Because in, if you remember, yes. if you remember in that movie, they like they have this evil scientist, and he's like, "Well, and I've I've invented phasers and laser tanks. All we need is a battery." It's like, "Well, how did you invent phasers and laser tanks?" You just sort of have them, yeah. Just in just, case, just in you. We you, might get a battery eventually. Uh, yeah, he invented these ba- these like super wep- super space weapons, and all he needed was a cosmic cube. See, that's where you fail. Most people invent the battery
0: first, and, and then, then the, technology. the weapons that go around you, it. He worked backwards, and you know what? It worked great. They invented all those lasers and stuff. Mm. i like your theory i think it's fun
1: yeah so if, if if richard lynch had showed up and said hey i got all these super weapons here have all these super weapons oh crap i'm being chased by it's like well what are we gonna do with all these super weapons we can't power them well it turns out we have this cosmic cube as well now no. we now we're set
0: yeah it makes sense actually uh, but in any case they <laughs> no it doesn't it makes no sense makes perfect oh, sense you shut sponkers. your mouth <laughs> they manage to save the future yes and then they come back and mm-hmm. And the show keeps going for a while. Like, in the one episode, Mm -hmm. they have to, like find, like, a kid found their invisible spaceships, now the government has them, and they have to get them back. They They have to, like, turn invisible and beat up the kid's enemies so the kid feels good about himself for the first time in his life.
1: And doesn't, I think the episode ends with a child on a schoolyard getting, like, an invisible wedgie from his invisible classmate. Isn't that, like, the last scene? It's right at the the end, I think the
0: last scene is at a diner when they're like, oh, we're okay, we can handle it now, we've got a handle on Earth, and then a jukebox comes on Mm -hmm. playing the Beach Boys, Mm -hmm. and they shoot it in the middle of a diner and she's like i guess we got a long
1: way to go um i think i actually might have mixed
0: this up i think that might have happened before the whatever maybe the point is (laughs) is that it ends this whole arc ends with them basically saying and we're gonna go back in time every single week
1: you can tell the type of like epic story they were trying to tell in a three-part episode yeah and had they had a few more drafts it might have played. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were had, trying, had a few more episodes just to figure uh, it out. They, it might have played. Well, you can tell they were trying to have that sort of parallel drama and they were going to cross cut. There's the fear of being discovered. There's a scientist trying to figure them out in the present. And then there's all the drama in the past. Mm-hmm. And the and,
0: FBI bearing down on them. Uh, yeah, and they're so there, investigating there, there, there extraterrestrials. Were, if
1: this would have been cut more tightly or written more tightly, then all of those things would have come into play. But... They feel like they're happening separately. It's not Mm -hmm. well constructed. And I think a lot of the hindrances was due to its budget. Mm -hmm. If they had sort of the dynamic, the money to throw into sort of dynamic war scenes in the past, and we could really ratchet up the tension there, and more sort of technology and more sets we can work with to let them know that there's a lot going on in the present. Mm -hmm. But they don't. They have a few bunkers that they were clearly like repurposing from Hogan's Heroes. Right. And, you know, a, a public park. With their <laughs> with their one ship that the, that's the only one they can afford that they're just sort of carting around this one spot and they're making you know fading into nothingness. It feels really cheap and the story is suffering as a result. Absolutely. By the second mm. episode of the second story arc, mm.
0: uh, we have done a complete about face and now it's going to be about super babies, the super scouts. At the beginning of this episode, that's the title
1: of the episode. By by the way, oh, the yeah. super scouts. We're, we're just we're just
0: doing that. Mm. Uh, At the beginning of this episode, Troy and Dylan appear to have been taking a break from their very important mission, infiltrating Earth and going back in time all the time,
1: and are now teaching a school of children. So they're back on the Battlestar Galactica, and that's, I guess, their job. They Mm -hmm. never alluded to it before, but they also are teachers.
0: Like there's only twelve people in the fleet, I guess, other than these I mean, kids. I don't know. That's, that's, some, never see that's them. something
1: Athena did on the original show. She was also a teacher in in one episode. So I think, yeah, but like, yeah. I don't
0: know. It's just, it's just funny to me that we're just going to suddenly say, oh, and by the way, they do this.
1: But in in order to ingratiate themselves, they feel well, we can put some kids down there. They'll pick up, you know, culture a lot better, and they'll be a little bit better at well, sort of preparing us for moving down. It, it it's not it a, feels like a Childhood's End sort of thing. Do you ever read Childhood's End? No which is about uh, space aliens that arrive at earth and they have to sort of prepare humanity for them before they even meet. Right. And they start giving them technology and making sure everything's okay. And Mm -hmm. because when the when the aliens finally arrive, they look exactly like demons. They're like red Mm -hmm. scaly monsters.
0: Nice. Well, it's not, it's not a peaceful decision though. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Cylons attack Mm -hmm. for the first time in a really long time. They take everyone off guard and everyone has to evacuate that ship Mm -hmm. and they have to, in an emergency, take all the kids down to earth. Problem is now we got all these space children who do
1: like $6 million man jumps Mm -hmm. into the air. Usually achieved by watching gymnasts who are not those kids, Mm -hmm. uh, jumping off of something in reverse and then reversing the film. And
0: it's always in slow-mo. So, Mm -hmm. and they always do like a bunch of times at once. So it Mm -hmm. just stops the story dead. So Troy and Dylan have to figure out how they're going to like blend in with these kids. Mm-hmm. So they decide to go into town mm-hmm. and split up. I'm going to actually like take I'm gonna this... get some
1: of this earth currency that yeah. you guys are so
0: fond of. And uh, in in so doing, he accidentally robs a bank. Mm-hmm. Just by accident, it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of funny how it goes down, but it's mm-hmm. also kind of horrifying because he just doesn't get it, and everyone's terrified because he's got a gun.
1: Oh, it's fine. It's, it's funny. It's not horrifying at all. It's super horrifying. You shut your mouth. It's the it's, it's story of a different Strokes episode, I think. It's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other one is
0: buying, you know, a bunch of clothing for children using obviously stolen money, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you must be the head of a scout troop, and he's like, yes. I know what that
1: is. Mm. I'm not a creepy person. And so he gets a bunch of scout uniforms, (laughs) which he's totally not using for sexual purposes back in his
0: car. We also forgot to talk about uh, while they're driving to town, they run afoul of knockoffs of the cops from Chips.
1: And in fact, they allude to the series Chips. This never happens
0: to those guys on TV. They just flat out say that when they fly away in their space motorcycles. Yeah. Thanks, but it's, to it's clearly hey,
1: you know, chips was big at the time. Why not?
0: I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, Ch- this show wishes it was chips. So uh, yeah, they, they the, the premise of the show for the next couple episodes then is them looking after these kids, mm-hmm. and they're all in scout uniforms and they go on various adventures. But they are super kids; they're super smart, mm-hmm. uh, and they're also kind of super powered. So a lot of the humor of the show is about covering that up, yeah, and trying to make either people reacting in outrageous ways or trying to, oh no, don't use your superpowers here. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh-huh. uh, they happen to land in a
0: town that's having stock 1980s oh, adventure storyline.
1: I hate this episode. There
0: is a chemical plant that is poisoning the water. Okay, stop.
1: <laughs> stop. We're dealing with poison water. Yeah. You say that's stock 1980s. Roy Rogers dealt with that <laughs> shit. Okay, this this is This is love canal. This is all it is. The mm. the, the water supply has been polluted.
0: People are sick. People are dying. Mm. The earth catches fire if you throw a rock at it. Meanwhile, uh, Troy and Dylan are trying to like actually like be heroic Mm. and put a stop to it so they go to the people who run the chemical plant. And they're just like, hey, all this stuff is killing people. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll totally get to that. That'll start Galactica. As you knock over things. And (laughs) on top of that, like there's that like sort of shit kicking, like Mm. Southern stereotype sheriff mm, the, Who's gonna run these guys out of town Because we don't care if we die From evil water mm. We want gerbs <laughs> And you're just like People, dude The kid's at a hospital mm. Because he drank a glass of water
1: yeah, the kids get really sick and they don't know why it turns out the water was poisoned.
0: And, and that's it for like two whole fucking episodes. It's just them running around trying to convince okay. people the water is poisoned. The water's obviously poisoned. So that it, uh... it, And then in the end, Dr. Z builds a UFO mm-hmm. for no particularly good reason other than it would be neat to have one. And lands and he shows the chemical guy a vision of the future And the Mm. the guy is just like, oh, I'm at a funeral. Well, it's not for me. Everything's great. Uh, Wait a minute. Where's my son? Oh, man. It's the Christmas Carol ending. Yeah. Uh, And he decides to change everything for the better the end.
1: mm. Now, had this show been, and we're going to get into this now, uh, had the Plucky Reporter been the main character of the show, and it had nothing to do with Battlestar Galactica, we don't know who the aliens are. But they arrive, and they say, hey, we're aliens, and they show off their alien technology, and they're always mysterious and kind of distant. They interact with the main character a lot, but we don't really know their backstory. And it's At least not as
0: clearly as this. As this. Yeah.
1: And, uh, like, they explain it to us. Maybe she sees it in one episode, but it's more about her and her experience with the alien. That's a great way to make a low-budget show. It's It's okay. an exciting science fiction premise. It's fine. Uh, and... It makes a lot more sense dramatically because we can relate to the human characters more than we can the alien characters. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the downfall of Galactica 1980 is, is that, that they assume we have all this residual affection goodwill for, the, for these characters star these collect- aren't even the characters, characters we like even mm. box,
1: even if you like Boxy this isn't Boxy anymore it's, yeah, it's a completely new character
0: yeah, so, so you don't have any affection these people you don't come from the same so cultural when, background that they have so when you, you have, don't when you have their reactions it's when not you, emotional
1: when you try to have these very human stories like someone's poisoned the water hole oh dear that's a human story There's That's not a science fiction story, but you're going to have this, you know, very human story, very grounded in reality story, as it Mm -hmm. were. And then when the aliens show up at the end and they have this big UFO, A, it makes them more mysterious. When they do this sort of Christmas Carol ending, it makes them more godlike. And it, it, it kind of through association makes the alien characters seem that much more rich, that much more interesting. Mm -hmm. And you're actually enlivening the show by having these mysterious things appear. Since we're focusing on the aliens, we're focused on what their motivations are. And when their motivations are right up up front cryptic, it weakens the show entirely. So yeah, all of a sudden we have this neat new thing because this big UFO, right? If a UFO just showed up, I would accept that. Okay, the aliens have one of those. Yeah, but okay. we know they don't. But we already knew that they don't, and we have to see them up there debating whether or not they're going to build it and the motivation for building it. Who cares? Who, who cares? It I, doesn't matter. If the story, And it makes the story back on Earth seem like such small fucking potatoes. And
0: it is small <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> and it's a cliched
1: storyline to begin with. Yeah. So it doesn't fucking work. It's
0: annoying. <laughs> it's really
1: annoying. And it's not
0: a good... It's not... A, oh this, is not this is not... This is, this is where Galactica dies. And right I, here. And thank,
1: the, goodness, thank the, goodness we go to the Halloween episode.
0: <laughs> we have one more episode before the Halloween episode. So oh. After the Super Scouts, mm-hmm. we have Spaceball. Now, you may recall... Oh, yeah, The Little League episode. You may recall that in Battlestar Galactica... Uh, one of the Spaceballs actually showed up. Like, there was a guy in the Mel Brooks Spaceballs costume oh. in one episode. And that was an actual episode called Spaceball. Oh. In this episode, mm. uh, our our heroine, our plucky, quote-unquote, lady reporter, mm. is left in
1: charge oh, of she, the she children. She was called the
0: girl reporter. Oh, apologies. <laughs> She's
1: 1980. Women were still girls. <sighs>
0: She's left in charge of the children. She yeah. doesn't know what to do. She's put on assignment to cover a basically a summer baseball camp mm. where dis, uh, disenfranchised a- or, or down-on-the-luck kids are trained by a former baseball oh. star who lost an arm uh, in order to buck up their spirits and yeah, become better people and
1: have a good summer. Isn't that nice? That's a good, good human interest story.
0: Yeah. But if they don't win the big game, the camp is gonna close. And unfortunately... All the kids on the regular team are sick for some reason. We didn't actually get into that.
1: The point is... They drank the poison water from the last episode. (laughs) I guess.
0: And so the Super Scouts have to play. Oh, this is great. Even though they don't really know the game terribly well. They're they're superpowered. They have so so many superpowers, they're going to win super easily, right? But the problem is the FBI shows up and there's this one FBI guy who's out to get the aliens. Mm. So they can't show off that they have powers. So the reporter says, lose. Uh We don't care about the
1: camp anymore just lose we can't yeah <laughs> (laughs) and you know what that's good drama for the kid characters but the kid characters don't care that much the kid care a the kid characters don't care that much B we don't care about the kid characters because we don't know their names and Mm. they haven't been identified as individuals they move in this amorphous mass yeah they're the children of the dam they're they're
0: they're weird kids and and in the beginning of it like they're and they're annoying too because when they're at the reporter's place of business Mm. she leaves them for a minute and they start disassembling all of the expensive video cameras they have Mm. in the TV Studio, yeah. and the, someone get, put, uh, gets them in trouble. Like, hey, kids! They disassembled everything. That costs a lot of money, he, and we we'll have a show later.
1: Here, here's here. Okay, I love that scene uh-huh. because it was technically correct. Uh, I work around old projectors and camera equipment. Well, not camera equipment, but you know, film equipment. And so when when I saw like all these old brand names and all these old like. Seventies tastic, you know, puke green machines. It's like that. That got my heart pot- flittering a little bit. And you know what? I- I'm fine. And, they, with and that. they take it apart, and those are all the correct parts, and yeah. then they're able to put it back together. It's and the, the ob- oh god, the obnoxious cameraman just has, gets to mug at the camera. <laughs> what? what?
0: And I believe that in this particular instance, all that shit's going to be accurate because they needed people who knew how those cameras worked in the first place just to shoot this show.
1: Yeah. So So of course that part's going to be accurate. Clearly one of the cameras that they were just shooting the show with.
0: Also, fun uh, uh, little uh, cameo here from an actor who never really became super famous, but we've run into him a lot and canceled too soon. Mm. Bert Rosario. (laughs) <laughs> plays our heroine's camera guy mm-hmm. in this episode. Burt Rosario was in an episode of Manimal, but he was also the wacky fascist dictator in The 100 Lives of Black Jack Savage, the TV series in which Donald Trump buys a haunted mansion in the Caribbean and teams up with the ghost of a black pirate to solve mysteries mm-hmm. using a sci-fi superboat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Thanks, Burt Rosario. He always looks like he's having fun.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he was he was one of those actors. He got around. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh,
0: Troy and Dylan are trapped in space. Xavier's tricked them now they're trapped in space mm. in basically a freeze frame. Doesn't even look like they're floating. It,
1: who cares? Who cares where they are? They're just out of the picture. It's, the point is they're out of the picture. They should have just said, you know, I'm off on a mission somewhere because the whole drama is about the kids and uh-huh. the baseball team.
0: And, and whether again, or not it, our heroine will notice that Xavier, mm, who has changed his appearance because... N- Lynch was unavailable, I guess, and is now... It's a
1: clever write-around. I think it's fine. It's fine. You and can tell just, it's a ride around He's just playing, fine.
0: like, an obvious German spy in oh. a movie. Like, he might as well, like, have a swastika jacket or something. <laughs> like, he just looks that evil and sounds that evil and yeah. never says anything that isn't evil. Um, yeah, and he might uh, steal the kids. Oh, no. He needs them for
1: reasons. S- strategic sheep purposes.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Whatever they win the game,
1: no. Uh, well, the, at, at the last minute, the kids say, ah, "I don't. I'm, I'm tired of this losing. Let's just win," and they win. Yeah,
0: kind of. Well, what happens is she realizes that if the kids win the game, mm-hmm. there's going to be a big celebration, and they can escape in the celebration, kind of like in that one Michael Caine Sylvester Stallone movie, Victory.
1: Okay, cool. And then then the the FBI guy loses them, and Basically. that's the and he doesn't uh, doesn't ever try again. All right,
0: now there are two mm-hmm. storylines. In Galactica 1980 that I think are just great. One is the last episode. Scott Mance told us that the mm. last episode of Galactica 1980 is indeed not just the show's finest hour, but one of Battlestar Galactica's finest hours in general. We'll get to that in a minute.
1: It, it, it folds the, the two series together in a clever and effective way.
0: Yeah, we will talk about that in a minute. But for me, the piece de resistance of Galactica 1980 is the night the Cylons landed. Okay, so the Cylons have come to Earth. Yes. One of them looks human now. Yes. Yep. Mm. And he wears this weird cone heads helmet. Like <laughs> like he's got a cone head, so the mm. but then he takes it off and he does and he doesn't have a cone head, and you're wondering why he wore a cone head helmet? It's to to channel
1: cosmic rays into his brain. I don't know. No. I don't anyway,
0: know. the Cylons are crash gonna crash land on Earth, but they're coming from far enough away that everyone has like two days heads up. Mm. So Troy and Dylan have to get to the landing site, but they have to do it by Earth means, which means most of the first episode is Troy and Dylan road, trying, to figure out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, trying to figure out how airplanes work. Mm. And they're like, it takes like eight hours to go across the country? We could do this in a minute. Mm. This is horrible. Why are we
1: have to go through metal detectors? This is very inconvenient. A lot of they have this, to
0: stop hijackers, yeah, a, which was funnier. A lot back of then. a
1: lot of this episode is uh, planes, strings and automobiles, yeah. or, or just any sort of wacky race where uh, both the good guys and the bad guys, throughout the course of of the two shows, have to find various means of getting someplace. And uh, mm-hmm. now the bad guys, uh, new Richard Lynch and uh, and a Cylon, who he has teamed up with have to uh, make their way to... like uh, uh, Upstate New York. Upstate New York, uh, because they want to uh, have access to a radio signal. and uh, Something like that. It, you're,
0: or- you're getting it slightly wrong, but it's fine.
1: Uh, but Close maybe. enough. I was falling asleep during this episode. I apologize. <laughs> well, okay, here's the deal. I got the gist of here's it. Here's the
0: deal. They think that a Galactican spaceship is going to land in New York. They don't realize until it's too late that it's actually a Cylon spaceship. Mm. The Cylons are on Earth, they are infiltrating Earth. Fortunately, there's like a one giant Cylon with like the glowy eye that bounces back and forth. Mm. Uh, no one really pays too much attention to him because they happen to land on Halloween. Okay.
1: <laughs> and, uh, my, Troy, Troy and, and my favorite scene is... Catch, what, yeah. My favorite scene, I, I was all leading up to this, is they have to get in you know various cars and go places. But my favorite scene is when the Cylon and the bad guy have to hitch a ride with two people. One's dressed as Elvira, one's in a clown outfit and they have to get in the back of a 70s station wagon and drive away. You took a screenshot of this, and it's one of the most glorious things I've ever seen on television. Because it's the cliffhanger of the episode, and the cliffhanger of the episode isn't,
0: oh no, the Cylons are loose, or oh no, they're going to find the radio tower. A big dramatic thing did not just happen. No, the cliffhanger is, they're in the back seat of the car looking bored, Mm. and there's a lady in Elvira costume who looks super happy, and there's a guy in a clown costume who looks super sad, to be continued. And, and the phrase to
1: be continued appears over them.
0: It's and like, it's kind of Galactica 1980 in a nutshell. Just I, everything doesn't work. I,
1: I, I really hope this continues, because what the hell is going on right now? We got a Cylon in the backseat of a station wagon, ladies and gentlemen. So Galactica.
0: So the Cylons have to find a radio that's powerful enough to transmit into space. Fortunately, they get picked up by uh, a sort of a radio producer, and he is going to the big Halloween party with celebrity guest Wolfman Jack. Wolfman Jack playing himself. Now, because there's some young people listening to this podcast, and you and I
1: both know it. Uh, who was Wolfman Jack? Wolfman Jack was a famous DJ uh, from the 1970s. You might, maybe you've seen American Graffiti.
0: You should see American Graffiti. Yeah. It's brilliant.
1: It's, I think it's just, we're, we're, his best movie. Where, again, he always. also plays himself. Yeah. Uh, well, he he essentially plays himself in American Graffiti. He doesn't play Wolfman Jack. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Wolfman Jack uh, was just a famous DJ. He spun yeah. uh, hot rock discs, and he had a really gruff voice. Yeah, it sounded really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he he played up his persona; is very visible. Uh, back in an era when DJs were you know visible personalities,
0: well they they were they were really culturally influential. They they okay. were, they gave you the music. That Ladies would and become gentlemen, popular. a
1: DJ. Oh no. God. DJ stands for disc jockey, okay. and uh, disc jockey was the person who ran the radio for you. They got to select the songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very knowledgeable in music. They were essentially curating tastes. Okay, uh, um, when no, back mu- it up. What were what were discs? M- music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> back when music
1: was culturally, Wolfman Jack
0: was the most famous radio DJ. More or basically, less. Yeah, he was uh, the most famous radio DJ in America. For, a, for quite a while. Mm. Uh, so it actually it's kind of a cool get. So they show up at a Halloween party where Wolf and Jack shows up dressed like King Henry VIII. Mm. And King Henry VIII gets to explain solar flares and radio signals to a Cylon while this one guy is like making messed up meatballs in the kitchen and then the microwave comes on and the Cylon has a seizure. And then the other Cylon blows it up with his laser hands. Meanwhile, Troy and Dylan are at a cabaret. They have fallen backstage at this
1: weird... Weird oh, it's, cabaret it, it, It's some sort of Halloween variety show Called where OU Kids It's called OU Kids But it stars Licensed Hanna Barbera characters Yes yeah. Hong Kong Fooey mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo And the
0: various Scooby-Doo dog cousins So like are S- all...
1: Scooby-Dum And whatever the woman, The I don't know. girl the Scooby-Doo the is weird, called The one with the weird the... Orange
0: afro I don't yeah. know what Any of them were called They're all on stage In like mascot outfits mm-hmm. And they're singing zippity doo da mm-hmm. Meanwhile, from Song,
1: which is from Song of the South, a Disney film.
0: In an effort to blend in, Troy and Dylan get put uh, put on whatever costumes that were on the rack and they're really glitzy white tuxedos with top hats and canes. Yeah. And just as they're about to leave, a whole bunch of other guys with top hats and canes grab them and says, come on, it's a big number. Mm. And they have to go out on stage and pretend they know the choreography like in movies that do that. Oh, yeah. Galactica you know,
1: 1980. Here, here's, here, here's something embarrassing. I kind of, I was watching this late at night. I kind of dozed off so So I didn't see them put the costumes on. So when I woke up, I had to run it back because I felt like I had missed 8 episodes. It's like, okay, last I remember it was a Halloween episode and now they're in a cabaret. What is happening to my world?
0: Troy and Dylan managed to track down the silence at the party, but they just missed them and because the microwave exploded, the entire place is on fire and Troy or Dylan or one of them, I don't care. They're the same character. They're like they have to run inside to rescue a kid and just as they're about to get the kid out, you hear a dog bark and then he goes, "Oh no, Muffins." And they're like, "Oh, fucking hell." And he runs in and gets the dog. And it almost becomes like a whole bit But then it stops Meanwhile, every character ends up in Central Park Running afoul of And I honestly can't tell If they were parodies of all the kids From Welcome Back, Cotter Or if they were regular old street toughs Who were cosplaying as the kids from welcome back cotter I because think, it's
1: halloween i think th- they were in costumes okay and they weren't necessarily directly the sweat hogs but they were dressed as sort of that type yeah and you know clearly it was just what the studio had lying around the costume shop it so, wasn't like
0: so they run uh, afoul of robots uh, and guys with anti-gravity guns and shit and then like uh, turns to the camera and says it's a bad night for uh, muggers Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, You see, here's the problem with Galactic 1980. It it doesn't commit. It doesn't commit. That's the problem. That's the problem. Now, we just described perhaps one of the wackiest. It's like eight sitcom stories overlapping at once, right? We're not even done. Oh, goodness, No.
0: Because people get trapped in an elevator. No, Wolfman Jack finds you know what, out aliens are real while Billy Joel's My Life is playing. Skip over all that. A it's, Cylon commits suicide for some reason. It jumps off a building yelling, I will protect you. While the other Cylon's like, no, this is suicide. You don't understand how suicide works. Ah.
1: No, he, he thought he'd land safely, that's all. Yeah, well, he didn't. <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't I'm a well-programmed Cylon. I'm a Cylon. I can survive this fall. Oh, wait, I just remembered. I can't. Um. If this were a, a sci-fi sitcom, if they actually made this into a comedy show, if this was a comedy version of Battlestar Galactica, first of all, it would be an insult to the Galactica fans. But mm-hmm. whatever, if it was it a comedy version, it would be Third version, Rock from the Sun. Exactly. If they had made a nineteen eighty version of Third Rock from the Sun, and which is called Morgan Mindy. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> okay, never mind. If they decided to make Morgan Mindy, then this show would have worked if they decided to make a, a an, an intricate series about earthlings encountering aliens it would have worked but this is i'm not going to say it's neither fish nor fowl because it's this weird sort of genetic mutation that is both fish and fowl yeah it 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 is just this weird odd tasting awful creature that all you don't All you know is that eating. it should never have been born
0: <laughs> <laughs> all you know is that it is against god's plan yeah. <laughs> we have two more episodes left yeah. episode 9 Space croppers. Fuck this episode. This episode is terrible. This episode is just un- like you thought. I mean, because the last two were just it was a two parter. So
1: and one, the last two are silly. And this one, is just bullshit. In, in one sentence, describe the premise of this episode because it has to do with farming. Okay. There's a ranch and the glasses the, Galact-
0: the galacticans uh want to start colonizing Earth. Uh, they okay okay. The ship in the Galactican fleet mm-hmm. that grows all of their crops... Has is, been destroyed by Has science. been destroyed. So they need to start growing their own crops. So they decide to buy some land in America. Mm-hmm. And, and so they send Troy and which, Dylan... Which,
1: which is fine. Start there. That's fine. That's, that's fine. A, that's, a, that's a premise. Mm-hmm. So, they,
0: so they send them down. And of course the only plot of land available in America is in the middle of stock 1980s adventure episode number two, which is <laughs> someone's trying to run us off of our land. Mm-hmm. So they end up teaming up with this Again, family. it's
1: not 1980s. Roy Rogers dealt with that. <laughs> these, are, these are like 1930s stories. They end up teaming up with this family
0: of, their are Mexican immigrants. There is a rich white asshole who is trying to run them off their land because they used to work for him and he doesn't see them as people decent enough message to explore in a show i'm not decrying that part problem is it's stock and it's stupid. It's,
1: also, it's stock and, and it's stupid, and it's yeah. a yet another instance where you have a science fiction series that has a story that doesn't require any science fiction elements to work. Nope. And none of the science fiction elements are exploited. This one, least of all. At least in this yeah. Little League episode, they're super powered kids who can easily defeat their teammates. Well, they bring the that's super, a story element.
0: They bring the super powered kids in in order to like plant all the crops overnight, and then the rich asshole mm. sees the kids do. And he's like, what? And then he tries to that, tell but, everybody they're aliens and they're like, he's crazy. Uh, but
1: that, but that, that's not thats not central to the plot. No, it is not. That's just like a, a little sort of detail. It's not yeah. a story element. And e- even when they're way off the rails, we're at least still living in a sci-fi show. hmm we're only nine episodes into a show, and we've already forgotten the genre we're supposed to be living in.
0: This is bad. Well, and again, this is this is the curse of cancel too soon. The vast majority of the shows that we watch wow. that got canceled too soon, especially the dramas, they're inconsistent. They mm-hmm. don't know what they are. They have a, they have a constant identity crisis. You can't catch your bearings. You don't know if you like it or not because next week the premise might change.
1: Yeah.
0: Two more things of note in this episode. And it's just interesting actors. All right. Dennis Haysbert shows up in this episode. Yes, he does. <laughs> as one of the Viper pilots. Mm-hmm. That's it. Not much more to it than that, but
1: kind of neat. Uh, Dennis Haysbert, who's not aging. <laughs> uh,
0: no, that's he exactly looks exactly identical
1: now as he did in 1980.
0: Dennis Haysbert played like the president in 24. <laughs> yeah. You know him from, uh, he does like a bunch of insurance commercials. Great actor, he, he, wonderful far, voice. Far
1: From Heaven. He was great.
0: Yeah, yeah. really great in Far From Heaven. Yep. You're right. Thank you. Uh, another uh, notable actor is Anna Lucia, who in the original Battlestar Galactica played Starbuck's girlfriend or at least his Mm ex-girlfriend who shows up she's part of a big insurrection in space oh yeah it was her right
1: she looked familiar I didn't put that together she plays the farmer's daughter in this Mm -hmm. who falls for other Starbuck the, the well who's to say if he's the other Starbuck or the other Apollo they don't have any character I'm but pretty sure he's the other she, Starbuck because he's, blonde. he's for, sandy blonde she falls for one of them and, and a scene I did kind of like was when she kind of reveals that she has a crush on him mm. but she's using you know just modern ter- terminology mm. I have a crush or you know yeah he
0: doesn't get it because he, he's from space
1: he's from space and he doesn't understand the word crush and he stands there gaping like a clueless dude and so it's like real life in a lot of ways yeah that's fine <laughs> uh, and then the last episode
0: And a genuinely good episode of television.
1: In fact, the one genuinely good episode of Galactica 1980, uh, Mm -hmm. because, as I said, this is the one that folds the two shows together, because this isn't about Galactica 1980 at all. This Uh, is the return
0: of Starbuck. Now, again, Dirk Benedict, mm -hmm. uh, also whose face on the Mm A-team, he was one of the co-leads of *Star Galactica. He was the uh, rebellious gambling uh, lady killer, mm. hotshot pilot. He was the he, Han
1: Solo character. He was
0: Han yeah. Solo. He had a harder goal, but you knew he'd, uh, he but he was also a, a rascal Scoundrel. Yeah. Then. Uh he wasn't on the show. You never found out what happened to him. You you found out that Apollo died, but mm. they never really talked about what happened to Starbuck. And now in the beginning of this episode, Dr. Z said, I had a strange dream. Mm. And he tells Adama what his dream was. And his
1: dream, turns out, was what? basically the last Starbucks story. And the last Starbucks story, uh, which is actually really similar to, actually, a film I just mentioned, Enemy Mine. Yes, very similar
0: to Enemy Mine. Or or the... um, Toshira Mifune Lee Marvin movie Hell in the Pacific oh there you go same same deal I guess yeah. Enemy Mine was the sci-fi of, of Hell in yeah. the Pacific so basically it's, two, it's the Hell
1: in the Pacific story yeah
0: basically um, two people are stranded but they're from opposite sides of a mm-hmm. war and they have to figure out how to get mm-hmm. along at the beginning of the episode something is wrong Starbuck's ship is gonna crash he can't get back to the fleet he ends up stuck on this planet and the fleet for
1: strategic reasons has to leave him behind mm-hmm. has to leave him for dead they'll never come back so he's he's left he's stranded on this planet also crashed on this planet we find mm-hmm. Uh, Was a Cylon ship Mm -hmm. And uh, the Cylons all all died Except for one And he's broken And And Starbuck
0: puts him back together Because uh, he's lonely And he figures he's just gonna die alone Yeah Uh, And that's kind of it. Like for the most of the episode, and, it's just him yeah. trying to get along with this Cylon and they are hilarious
1: together. And the, it's not, uh, and thank goodness they actually changed the voice of the Cylon. It's not that sort of usual robotic voice mm-hmm. it is, but you can hear the human voice underneath it. Yeah. And they explain it cause he's like messing with the voice box, but it also lets the Cylon be a little bit more expressive.
0: Yeah. He sounds a little bit more like Marvin, uh, uh, the, the
1: robot the, from, uh, the paranoid Android. Yeah. Well, Mar-
0: no, actually, uh, who was the one from Bidden Planet? Robbie. Robbie the he robot. He sounds a little bit more like Robbie the robot.
1: Yeah. To me. Oh, uh, okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he wakes up the Cylon mm-hmm. and they have debates they,
1: they, about their philosophies. They, and and uh, they they convince one another of stuff. They mm-hmm. come around, they become kind of friends. Yeah. Uh, he teaches the Cylon cards and the Cylon, <laughs> even though the Cylon has never seen cards before, he knows that he's cheating. There's this great bit where the Cylon <laughs> He's he's like, aff- he he gets offended. You because- are he, the silence says you're bored with me. Aren't you? Are you are
0: bored with me. You are manipulating the rules to keep yourself interested. I am disappointed. <laughs> and so he decides to go out and and find Starbuck a lady because mm. apparently that's the only thing that'll make him fucking happy. So he goes <laughs> off and Starbucks like, "No, wait, we're the only people on the
1: planet." He comes back with a lady. Evidently a woman a, also a crash-landed on planet. A woman. Uh-huh.
0: So that's kind of confusing. They never really explain it. Uh, and there's this great bit where Starbuck says, But she's alive. And he's like, Yes, I kept her that way. I figured you'd prefer it.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> well, great. This is the way a Cylon would behave, isn't it? But by not murdering these people, we realize that the Cylon has already kind of come around to good, which. Mm-hmm is something that was never explored in the original Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that and maybe actually, the Cylons could be a- redeemable. And actually, re- uh, yeah, that that the makes us feel for the Cylons something that we've never felt before, which is sympathy.
0: Yeah, um, and he's and he's a really great character. He calls him Psy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's really funny. He's really dejected. He gets jealous of Starbuck's relationship with this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about his sort of moral journey his his sort of compromising his ethics he has a great line Mm. which is i feel i have already compromised everything i believe in what's helping one more human being going to matter Mm. more or less well my
1: my favorite moment with the cylon actually comes when uh Starbuck starts questioning his mission, mm-hmm. and he says, "What's your mission? I must destroy all the humans. Why are you going to destroy the humans so the Cylons can take over?" And Starbuck actually asks the logical conclusion: "Then what?
0: Yeah, what do you want to take over okay. for? What's, okay. the, what's the next step?
1: Say you've you've killed all humanity, you've taken over. What what are you going to do then?" And there's even it's just a pause in his dialogue. A really
0: pregnant pause. It's
1: pregnant pause and before he says, I will complete my mission. But <laughs> that pause is everything for it me. And in, 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 in sort of redeeming the silence. Folly
0: of war in one dramatic yeah. pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really great. He also has this great bit um when uh mm. Oh yeah, I'm trying to remember. He's Apollo's like talking about Going back to the fleet or something, and Sai says, Star- Star- "Starbuck says." Oh, Starbuck says, yeah. and Starbuck says, uh, uh, "Don't tell him the idea came from me. You humans are emotional about us having destroyed you." <laughs> <laughs> Really oh, funny. We're a little miffed at that, yeah. It's really, really funny. They have a really funny relationship. There's a lot of suspense. You don't know if they're going to be on this planet for forever. Mm. Like, how far is this episode going to take us? Is it going to cut to 80 years in the future? Who the fuck knows? I, I
1: kind of expected it to, yeah. actually, where we get to see Starbuck as an old man and he's still living with a Cylon and the Cylon puts a flower on his grave. That like, would have been a great that ending. That would have been a great ending. It would have
0: been really powerful. Mm. But instead, it's still a good ending. Mm. Uh, we find out that another Cylon ship is coming because the Cylons had sent out a distress beacon. Now, they stopped mm any other stress vegan but it's still out there in space so it's only a matter of time uh starbuck now and how, si- much, how
1: much time had passed we don't well it's not it's not nine months because that
0: lady's already pregnant and she gives birth like a couple of days before
1: but that's the after the, the lady shows up how much time do you think had passed with just starbuck think, and silence i don't think very long i'd be yeah.
0: surprised if it was more than a few months
1: okay yeah i got the impression that it was like maybe two years like it's they were there for a, a maybe a, a couple of years he
0: doesn't starbuck doesn't visibly age so it's not too long okay but it's certainly been a while enough to go stir crazy um And so the Cylons are coming. They're going to try to jury-rig a new ship in order to get out of there alive. And then the Cylons show up, and Psy has to make a decision. Who does he fight for? Yeah. And there's this great bit (laughs) where Psy is leaving their camp and Starbuck pulls a gun on his friend. This is like the Mm. only friend he had Uh. for so long. And he doesn't know if he's going to shoot Psy, or if he's going to let him go, or trust him, or just accept death. Mm. And there's a Big pause, and then Cy just leaves. Uh-huh. And then the Cylons show up, and at the last possible minute, Psy saves Starbuck. <laughs> and, like, gets shot and dies yes. in the process. Psy
1: stuffs uh, Star, uh, Starbuck and the woman into the rocket. Uh-huh. And, no, no, and just, just the woman. Or just the woman. Starbuck, the Starbuck
0: uh, decides to sacrifice himself. He will send the lady and the child, mm. who has just been born, into space because the air will last longer and they have a better chance of being discovered. Mm. So Starbuck alone no friends anymore just on the planet did something heroic made a huge sacrifice Mm -hmm. and that's it and then the last thing is you find out that that child was dr z (laughs) now i still don't give a shit about dr z but Mm -hmm. at the very least he has a reason to be there Mm -hmm. that's a
1: Gut puncher of an episode. That's a great episode of television. Mm, It's a great episode of television. Period. It's really great. It's unlike all the other episodes. It has kind of a momentum to it. Yeah, we we talked about how they were using off the rack stories from you know centuries previous, but even when they're using these stock stories, they're not moving through at a familiar clip. Mm -hmm. And when they hit all the beats, it's like they're kind of bored with it. And like just the, the the. it's not dynamic. The, the The filmmaking isn't that great. And, and the
0: original series, *Battlestar Galactica*, yeah. had kind of the same problem. Yeah, which is, yeah, yeah. There was a couple of really great highlights, but mm. in the middle, there are these bullshit Western stock stereotype stories. Some of which were more entertaining than others, but all
1: of them were besides the point. And, and I made this complaint last week when uh, when they had two part episodes. Like that's just that's one part worth of story. Generally, that yeah. they're trying to stretch out with these big tense sequences, or yeah. they'll go on these weird digressions. So, it, this is, I think, the first time in both series... Well, with uh, a few notable exceptions in the original. There's a couple But this the original, is the... Yeah. the ti- Scott Mance was right. This is the tightest and the most straightforward and the most dynamic that both shows have ever been.
0: Yeah. We had all of those marooned-on-a-planet episodes in the first Battlestar Galactica, in the mm-hmm. original series, before this spinoff. Uh and again, they always felt like besides the point, this is another marooned on a planet episode, but finally it's about something. It's about the premise of the series. Mm-hmm. It's about the concept of war because again, at its
1: best, mm-hmm.
0: Galactica is a war story. And this is true for the reboot as well. The reboot did a really great version of this, by the way. Well, they the, did their own version of this mm-hmm. story. They did it almost, I think it was in the first season.
1: Well, they, they, where, did, they did the Iraq war version. whereas Well, you know.
0: they did, but they did
1: this episode is what I'm point is. Oh,
0: okay. Where Starbuck, uh, who is a, a, a lady in mm. the in the follow-up, played by uh,
1: Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff, I knew okay. it
0: was Kate. It. Katie Sackhoff, who's fantastic in it. Um, she it, is stranded.
1: It, it, is she? She must have improved after the pilot, because I didn't much care for, uh, for she, her. She, then... she had more to do. Okay. The
0: pilot, she hadn't... There's good stuff in the pilot. She becomes one of the great sci-fi characters after a while. Oh, okay. Um, she is stranded on a planet But the cool thing is, is that they realized That there's no reason Why these Cylon ships mm. Need pilots <laughs> They're robots Aww. They just downloaded The robot brain Into the ship yeah. So she's stuck with A Cylon ship Which is also a character But she doesn't speak The language But they are interacting Okay. And so it's kind of a neat little twist on this. And it's also one of the better episodes of the new Battlestar Galactica. All right. Because um, that one is just because you know that she might actually get to the fleet. Mm. So there's a little bit more suspense. This one is just final and dire. Now, Galactica 1980 was supposed to go on. And in fact, it got canceled halfway through its season. Uh-huh. There were supposed to be more episodes. And in fact, there was another episode that they were in the middle of production. When no. it got canceled, were they actually shooting it? Apparently, they were shooting it. It did All not right. get finished. I don't know how far they got. Supposedly, it was it was started production, but it was unfinished, and it was going to be called "The Day They Kidnapped Cleopatra." So more time travel. It was going to go back to time travel. Right. It was going to involve. Uh, I think it was Xavier was going to go back in time and to the Egyptian era, mm. and. One thing led to another, and Cleopatra ended up being brought back into the present, and that was going to start affecting the timeline, and mm-hmm. they were going to have to deal with potentially the ramifications of changing history. That's as far as I know. That's, and okay. even that mm-hmm. might be a little hearsay, but I do know now, that there was going to be another episode called that.
1: Given the the sort of pharaoh look of the Battlestar Galactica helmets, which were carried over into Galactic Galactic 1980... Makes sense. And they're... You, now, they didn't use Egyptian names. They used, like, sort of the names of Greek deities throughout the oh. show to sort of imply that that's kind of this classical world where they came from yeah i wonder if
0: And they had pyramids as well like they had like ancient colonies yeah
1: so i'm wondering if in trying to involve cleopatra was another way to link up the two shows might have worked it might have worked i would have liked to see that that's what's made me most curious about battlestar galactica is sort of the ancient earth origins yeah would have been cool Maybe they got a Stargate. Who knows? Uh,
0: I mean, you know, we like to think what would happen if it had lasted 100 episodes. I would like to think it would find a focus. Because let's be honest here. They started off with time travel. They went into space kids. They went into wacky comedy. Mm. They went into stock stereotypes. They went into legitimate sci-fi pathos. Mm. And then they were going to go back to time travel.
1: Any one of those things... If they decided to commit to it, would have been fine, even wacky comedy. I, no, would, be, I, would, I would have been okay
0: with it. I would that. have been fine with wacky comedy. Space kids were annoying as fuck because they mm. had no characters.
1: There were too many again, of them, but again, and none of them made any impression. If they had committed, if it was about the kids, if it was a, a kid sitcom about children, and they're space children, and we know who they are, and they're played by interesting actors like Jackie Earle Haley or something, then we would have been Okay. <laughs>
0: Maybe. I'm just not I just not too interested if, in seeing that show. Imagine
1: like sci-fi bad news bears, essentially. And that's, <laughs> but that's and what that's, they did,
0: that episode.
1: I know. but That was, that was Spaceball. But the bad news bears, we know the kids in, in yeah. that movie. We know yeah. who they are. We know their characters. And they're they're kind of raucous and fun and interesting to watch. Which one would you prefer? What's your pick? If you if you were on the show, because we had to pick a direction, we had to do okay. it
0: now or the show is canceled. What are we doing? What are we committing to for 100 episodes?
1: I would have done the um, the... Plucky reporter character as the main character. Okay. And uh, trying to solve problems of spacemen using Earth means. That's an interesting low budget sci-fi show. Yeah. That's okay. It's
0: okay. Um, I I don't know how you can keep the pathos going with that much like
1: rigmarole going around on Earth. I
0: think I would have gone with the wacky comedy. I okay. think I would
1: have kept it broad. Uh, mm. I think I would have... Because C- Cylons on modern Earth is kind of an absurd look anyway. It's so, so absurd. Yeah. So There's, like, I there's just a lot to mine there for comedy. Just, just
0: have all of Galactica land, have them start their own town or something, mm. and let that be the, the gag. Okay. And That occasionally Cylons will attack and they have to... I don't know what it is. It's not a good premise. Honestly, Like you're going to bring back Galactica, you're going to bring it back with what looks like one third the budget at best.
1: Oh gosh, maybe even less than that. Yeah,
0: like I don't know if it's worth it.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was worth it. So, it was cool you, to, get, to get the get the return of Starbucks, mm-hmm. but like it's ambitious, but lose this time travel. Uh, having a villain in a show like this isn't really working. Their problems are big enough yeah. without bad guys. Maybe you uh, like bad guys crop well, up from time to time, but yeah, you again, don't have a central. You don't need a central villain in this premise. The whole thing should be Cylons are coming. There's a ticking clock. Okay, we know the Cylons are Cylons coming to be here in, in five years. Yeah, uh, five, or whatever, yeah.
0: and we have to get Earth prepared for that. We can't do it all in one foul swoop, or they won't trust us. One foul
1: swoop? Yeah, like a swooping duck. Yeah, <laughs> one and, okay, foul swoop. Okay, in one swell foop. They're all. We can't do it all at
0: once. We have to ingratiate ourselves. We have to pick our battles. Mm-hmm. We have to, you know, there's this weird end screen that almost all the episodes of Galactic nineteen eighty conclude on.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. yeah it's yeah. super absurd because D- Did you write down the, the I, I took a picture. All I took right. a picture.
0: Hang on, where is it? Uh almost every episode of Galactica 1980 ends with a title card that reads as follows. Hmm. The United States Air Force stopped investigating UFOs in nineteen sixty-nine. Hmm. After twenty-two years, they found no evidence of extraterrestrial visits and no threat to national security. Which makes me think one of two things. Uh-huh. Either they really were worried people would get in a tizzy about alien life coming to earth Hmm. or, and this might be kind of the undercurrent we're dealing with here. This might have been an allegory for being more understanding towards immigrants, because that's kind of what the idea is here are people, they're refugees from a war. They might Hmm. be bringing some of their war with them. They don't understand our customs and our culture. They're bringing with them a certain naivete Mm -hmm. that is valuable, but also potentially uh, the source of drama and humor. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what this show is, really. It's the story of a group of people who are immigrating to the United States and all of the foibles, some of which are adventurous and dramatic, some Mm -hmm. of which are very, very silly. And that is why, I, that, again, I think that's the focus I'd want. I just want to see mm. the immigration experience. The, what happens when aliens call, actually come to Earth? We
1: have that. It's called Alien Nation. Well, they didn't at the time. <laughs> we have it now, though. They, we point. have it now. Mm. We had Alien Nation. Mm. I mean,
0: we had District 9, which is a more depressing version of that. Mm. Uh, Men in Black did the sort of secret undercover version of that. Mm. But I think that's kind of a valuable way to do it. Galactica comes to Earth, and now we just have to sort of deal with it. Mm. Okay, Cool. All right. Fine. All right. Yeah, that's could be kind of
1: interesting. Good premise for a show.
0: Yeah, why not? Like you know, we'd have like a government liaison that like mm. makes sure everything goes smoothly, do, and they have it. to be careful about what technology they give to the uh, to the government.
1: It's just alienation. You're just describing yeah. alienation. That's fine. Do, <laughs> fine. Yeah. Fuck
0: it. Alienation. That's what it is. Do alienation. <laughs> Done. Done. It, it writes yeah. itself. So it was Galactic? Because alienation.
1: Was Galactic 1980 canceled too soon? Would they have gone to Galactica 1981? It sounds like just by calling it Galactica 1980... You're kind of dooming it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly don't know. Like
0: A part of me is just fascinated to see if Mm. it could get better or if somehow it could even get worse. Mm. Because again, the highlight is so great and the Mm. lowlights are so fucking low that I honestly don't know if I want to watch it unfold as a train wreck or hope it gets better. I honestly think that if I were running the network, Mm -hmm. uh, I would would cancel it. It's silly. It doesn't have a good hook. It it has 10 episodes to find itself, and it still hasn't. The
1: protagonists are terrible. I enjoyed it. Watching this, yeah. Uh, well, except for that stupid ranch episode and <laughs> the uh, and the stupid poison waterhole episode. Okay, okay. Most of the middle, I didn't really enjoy watching most of it. The Halloween episode made up for a lot. That's really fun because it's so like just bug nuts crazy. Yeah,
0: and the last episode. The last episode red.
1: is really great. So yeah. it, it's almost like an anthology series. It's like <laughs> you don't know what you're gonna get. So I, I felt by being kept off balance, I was really just sort of enjoying myself. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think more train wreck would have been fascinating. It just would have been mm-hmm. more train wreck. It, it wouldn't have found its footing. So it wasn't there, canceled there, too soon. There wasn't promise enough. No, we're done.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are done with Battlestar Galactica. That's it. Yay! A- mm-hmm. <laughs> so another, another big one ticked off the list. Hey, hey when, did,
1: uh, when, when how many seasons did that Caprica series last? Like, one. Okay, so maybe we can we, do that we one. We might do
0: Caprica someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by that point, you probably have to catch up on actually all of Battlestar because it's kind of entrenched in that myth at that point. it yeah. would well, probably be really confusing to you.
1: M- maybe so. But yeah. Maybe so. But maybe an outsider's perspective would be valuable. Right, right. We're
0: not going to do it right now. We're mm. done with Caprica. We're done with Galactica. We're done mm. with all the because We're done. <laughs> it's over. We're glad you joined us for this. I want to thank Scott Mance again for... Um, I think it was actually really useful to have Scott on mm. last week's episode because... You and I weren't nearly as enamored of the show as he was. Now, that doesn't mean his opinion was better, mm-hmm. but it was really great to see it through that lens of someone who grew up with it and someone who yeah, meant a yeah. lot,
1: too. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, what, what would I think of Star Trek, for instance, mm-hmm. if I just ran into it today? For the first time. The old 1966 show. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure if I would have loved it as much. You know, I'm, it's just such a, a part of my life. I grew up know, watching all of the shows. You so, know, yeah. I
0: didn't watch the original series. I think I saw one or two episodes when I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't really watch all of the original series until I was in my late 20s. I okay. saw the movies. And I was mm-hmm. well aware of it. And I saw Next Generation. But the original series... Didn't see it in its entirety until it was like 27, 28. Okay, yeah. And I gotta tell you, it was pretty solid. I mean, some episodes are better than others, yeah. but there's a reason it was successful. <laughs> Spock's re- brain. Yeah. There's a reason it was successful because it really does hit something kind of universal and timeless when it's at its best. Okay. Um but that's a good show and we yeah. don't tend to cover those <laughs> <laughs> this is cancelled too soon and uh, next week we've got uh, one more sci-fi series and we're going to take a bit of a break from sci-fi for oh. a bit because uh, we've been kind of deeply entrenched for a while and we yeah, want to spread yeah, our yeah. wings we don't want to run through every sci-fi series ever and then only have sitcoms left like we want to well, s- well, we want to mix it up a we bit. want some variety for you but next
1: week's episode was is a sp- was, uh, was a request
0: that's right we had a sweepstakes for our uh, uh, our awards episode Last month, uh, the winner got to pick a future episode of
1: Be- of, uh,
0: like, of Cancel too, to too Soon. We couldn't argue. As long as it fit our rules, we had to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had like a bunch of guests booked, so we couldn't do it sooner. We are finally going to get to the actually
1: quite often requested show. Like it's, mm. It wasn't the only request we've had for it. Not, not one of the highest ones, but yeah. it's yeah, more than one person requested. Uh,
0: the early 2000s parallel universe sci-fi noir series, Charlie Jade. Yes. Uh, this series is currently available on, I believe, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch along with us if you haven't seen it already. Um, that if it's on Amazon Prime it means mm-hmm. if you subscribe to Amazon Prime, you don't pay extra for it. So yeah. uh, but it's a pretty good system. Uh, so yeah, that let- will be next week. And another big change that we're doing to the series, not huge, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, People have brought to our attention that when the B Movies podcast or other podcasts where we review new movies and mm. do interviews and talk about the news uh, and cancel too soon have typically come out on the same day, either Sunday mm. or Monday, because usually we record them back to back.
1: Because we're here, why not?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of it. We're busy guys, so if we can get in the same place together, we mm. try to do it all at once. Uh, and it's been brought to our attention that that's kind of feast or famine, <laughs> and it's kind of all at once. So we have decided we, that... We,
1: we want to give you meals of us. Yeah. And, and not a gorge. Nothing. So
0: at least for a bit we're going to try this out Uh, the B-Movies podcast will still come out on Sundays or Monday mornings uh, and Cancel Too Soon will starting this week come out on Wednesdays
1: just like your favorite TV shows that flag like a Cancel Too Soon show we're looking for a new spot So it it is very in keeping with the spirit of the show.
0: If this is catastrophic, if we lose a lot of listeners, we will go back. Whatever works for you, fine. But uh, it it seems to work pretty well with our schedule. You you said that whatever
1: works for you. Well, and
0: it frees up our week. You know, weekends tend to be a good time for us to actually sit down and watch these shows because we have a little less in our calendar. And if we spend literally like six hours on Sunday doing podcasting, Mm. that really eats into the amount of time we have to watch these shows. Mm. So that's what's going on there. So, uh, again, uh, next Wednesday... Wednesday we will be back with a review of Charlie Jade Mm -hmm. you can uh, follow us on iTunes you can subscribe on Stitcher as well we're on uh, Twitter at Cancelled Cast Uh, I'm at William Bibiani I'm at Whitney Seibold Uh, Uh, we're at patreon.com slash cancelled too soon where you can subscribe for exclusive content and take part uh, in our latest poll
1: uh, if you don't want to subscribe for to Patreon first of all why wouldn't you? But <laughs> if if you're but that's too much to ask right you're, now. If we you're sim- simply too destitute, or you just don't want to make the commitment, mm-hmm. uh, the what you can do for us that is free is go on iTunes and leave a review for us. Yeah. Uh, the review. The way the reviews work is it kind of pushes the show at, like into the more visible. Uh, areas of iTunes and, mm-hmm. and online. They so can quantify
0: people, that. If a bunch of people are reacting to if, it, that means that it's popular.
1: The more reviews we get, the higher up the list we climb and the more people can even find us. So, so if you like the show, leave us a positive review. More yeah. people will be able to find us. And again, us.
0: it doesn't have to be complicated. Leave mm-hmm. a sentence. Just give us a star rating if mm-hmm. you if you don't feel like writing anything. It helps a lot it helps a lot. So, uh,
1: even, so even if you don't want to give us money, that's right. uh, now again, why wouldn't you want to? But and, even if you don't,
0: and also leave you us can, a review. You can email us. Mm. Cancelled too soon. It's cancelled with one L. Mm. Canceled too soon at gmail.com. Uh, you can ask questions. You can send us suggestions. We don't read every suggestion on the air because mm. most of the material we get is suggestions. And it's usually just us going, yep, we'll get to it. Mm. Yep, we'll get to it. No, nope, that doesn't qualify. Yep, we'll get to it. Yeah. And it would get kind of old kind of fast. Mm. But also, people uh, remember watching these shows at the time and they want to send us their reactions, um, tell us why they loved them, why they hated
1: them. Mm. Uh, and uh, do we have any letters? Oh, golly, do we ever. Oh, snap. Oh, the problem is uh, We're kind of set you know up what, for our Patreon We're set up for Patreon and I'm getting a lot of comments from the Patreon page, mm. so it, it's going to be hard to find letters right now
0: Okay, um, uh, let me see if we can find maybe one or two Find
1: at least know. one in there okay. but, uh, Shoot but, yeah. the shit.
0: <laughs> so, give us some
1: time <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, Galactica1980, that was a lot of fun Mm. No, but uh, we haven't forgotten about a lot of when we before we were on Patreon, we uh, put it out to you. You know, if you wanted to help out the show, why don't you send us in some DVDs? Yeah, uh, we have an Amazon wish list. We're gonna put hundreds and hundreds of whatever shows we want on there, mm-hmm. and you can choose whatever you like and just we, send us we something. We just
0: got some very recently, and, that uh, we on the list, so that's going. Cool, we,
1: uh, we we didn't realize that was going to be so overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, we're, uh, like we have about, a lot of material. About fifty of you sent us in some DVDs, so we got a lot of DVD right here on yeah. the table next. And, to us
0: and i'm sure and it's I frustrating want, that we haven't reviewed them all yet but I, I
1: wanted to address that yeah. each one of you who generously donated these dvds we haven't forgotten about you they are right here yeah. next to us we're not simply absorbing your gift mm-hmm. uh, if we, we haven't
0: will, reviewed yours yet it's because we're reviewing someone else we're reviewing
1: so yeah so we have plenty to get to we haven't forgotten about you we will all do right. every single one of these shows all right we assure you we have in front of us uh stuff like terra nova mm-hmm. we have Eerie, ah.
0: Uh, action, Erie, Indiana, Indiana, Kitchen Indiana.
1: Confidential. Uh, one which I actually, I, I was one of the only like three people who watched this when It was actually on the air where you're going to get to Almost Human pretty soon. Yes,
0: that was actually donated by my sister. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. here, here's a letter. Okay, I got a letter here. Uh, this is from Perry Graves, and it's a suggestion, but it relates to something that I think is worth talking about. All right. uh, Perry has asked... Uh, I just found cancelled too soon a few weeks ago And I am a big fan This is about a month ago by the way Uh, I haven't gotten to all the episodes yet But I have been surprised that you have not done Kolchak the Night Stalker It has to be one of the most successful One year TV series of all time Mm. Uh, I also wanted to ask Which you enjoy more Ripping on bad shows like The Master of My Mother of the Car Or reviewing good shows like The Muppets Or Police Squad Thank you and keep up the good work Uh, Let's start off with Kolchak the Night Stalker There is a small cadre of very well known Mm. Short lived TV shows, and we don't want to do them all up front.
1: Well, also, we have to debate whether or not Colchak the Night Stalker counts because I believe it did have some like TV movie yeah. follow ups, mm-hmm. which might count technically as a second chance. Right. Um, there was a reboot, however, of Colchak the Night Stalker, which did not last, and that one is completely fair game. So we might actually do the reboot. The original, we'll debate. Um, as for your second question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we enjoy more, uh, reviewing, bad shows or good shows? Well, I enjoy watching good shows. Yes. But when it comes to actually talking about them, bad shows are usually a lot more fun. They're more fun conversation to have. At least when, yeah. well, maybe not bad shows. I'll say when it's bonkers shows, when it's a really crazy show, those are more fun. The, the 100 Lies of Blackjack Savage are going to be way more interesting than something that's just outright terrible. Mm-hmm. Um
0: okay here's what we got. Here's one from Anthony. Okay. Uh Anthony writes, uh hey guys, I'm uh, I'm sorry. I'm AJ. Big fan of the okay. show. Discovered the podcast because of Bibbs on What the Flick. Mm. Glad Bibbs has introduced me to Whitney now as well. Aw, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to have met you too, AJ. The first episode of the podcast I listened to was the Rubicon episode. It was a show mm. I remember really liking. But I think after revisiting the show after your episode, <laughs> I probably agree with your takes. Mm. After that, I went. I went back and listened to pretty much all the episodes. The one th- The One Thousand Lives of Blackjack Savage, very ambitious, <laughs> uh, is crazy hilarious and probably my favorite. Also wanted to say I remember the Crash Dummies show. <laughs> You're the other person as Oh my a, goodness A kindred spirit As a little kid I loved them I remember mm-hmm. having A weird attachment To a Crash Dummies Toy car I had mm-hmm. We did the animated I think it was a. I, th- I guess it was a pilot uh, For it, the it Incredible was, Crash it, Dummies It was a,
1: a failed pilot That was turned into A TV yeah, It was going to be A yeah. CG
0: animated cartoon series about the incredible crash dummies early 90s
1: yeah, yeah. which is this
0: weird phenomenon in the late 80s early 90s in which crash test dummies had characters and action figures mm. uh, and it was absolutely terrible and it is by far our lowest rated episode of Cancel too soon
1: <laughs> like the fewest people like like to that one. no one listened
0: to that no episode. one cares about
1: the incredible <laughs> we crash were getting dummies. good
0: ratings by that point too and like no one cared so it's nice that someone did. Some, someone cares <laughs> Um, and uh, AJ lists a whole bunch of TV series uh, oh. That are going to be on our list Some of them like Chicago Code Are ones I'm a big fan of mm-hmm. We've had a ton of requests for Terriers we got to get to that sooner than later yeah. uh, Stuff like Lights Out, Awake we got a lot of requests for Awake mm-hmm. uh, And Unsupervised Which I'm actually not terribly familiar with. I'll have to look into yeah. that uh, let's well, A,
1: a lot of here. people want us to do Like the shows that were just cancelled uh, so, mm-hmm. Something like like Terriers is really recent yeah? Pretty recent like, Yeah. I guess, I guess it was a couple of years back But yeah uh, yeah, like I remember when vinyl was canceled, people said do vinyl, so we did vinyl, and mm. uh, okay, we did vinyl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's we get a better response uh, from fans and we and from ourselves, in fact, when we do shows that are kind of weird and obscure, and not the things that have been canceled right away. However, we'll still be doing those mm-hmm. because we like to see what modern failure also looks like. Yeah. Uh, here's a letter from
0: Canadian Keith, which was, uh, came okay. out right after my mother, the car episode. Okay. Uh, Keith donated my mother, the car to the series. Thank you. Canadian. Uh, Keith. See, we do get to them. Oh. Uh, hi guys. I was glad to hear my donation went to good use. I've never seen the show, my mother, the car, so oh. I couldn't really contribute to the conversation. He just heard us talk about it. Uh, so he
1: bought it, bought uh, it, it for us. It was one of our more
0: legendary. We got to do my mother, the car someday. Yeah. Uh, my only comment is I'm surprised he didn't save the series. The tying with the release of car, Cars Three, though I suppose Auto Man would work just as well. Ugh. We plan a few of those, but we f- we could really fall down a rabbit hole there and only do tie-ins. Mm. Obviously, we did Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, later in the year, we plan to do a bunch of like DC superhero-related shows for Justice League. Sure. Uh, we had talked about doing one of the Planet of the Apes shows, for Planet of the Apes, but we've just been doing so much sci-fi lately that yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to We'll get to all today. of that. We're a yeah. big fan of apes and all of their ways. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff from Patreon, a lot of stuff from Patreon, a lot of stuff yeah, from so, but Yeah, we
1: need to, to adjust our email a little all bit right, so, we, so we can uh, actually one, get to your letters. Here's
0: one called The Wonder of Wonderfalls. This is from Doug Mann. Mm-hmm. Hi, Bibbs and Whitney. I've been enjoying catching up on your first season Mm. two big thumbs up for wonderfalls for your future podcasting schedule which was made in niagara falls just down the road from where i grew up oh cool it was the center of a lecture i did on quote karmic tv unquote in a university course i taught about six years ago along with along with my name is earl Mm. as an antidote
1: to narcissistic tv aka reality tv shows in seinfeld Mm. and seinfeld by the way and and most most shows these days it's all it's all self aggrandizement in movies start, start paying attention to that like how how often they vaunt the hero and how much they think mm-hmm. about themselves by the way apropos
0: of nightmare cafe peter mm. outerbridge has played a lot of major roles in made in canada tv series <laughs> regenesis villains in orphan black and pure about mennonite drug runners very good whoa and a tv movie comedy as music producer with carrie were as a dipsy singer where he severely outacted her He also played the original Murdoch in Murdoch Mysteries. In my book, he always does a good job in mostly thankless roles. Pure would be another good pick. It was on just last year starring Ryan Robbins. P.S. I've become fascinated by Man and Machine since I listened to your podcast, but I can only find it as three or four crappy VHS episodes on YouTube. Where did you guys find it? There's a piratey-looking DVD on Pandora, but that's all I could find. PSS, I agree that Perversions of Science should be given a good release. The Kevin Palak-Shatner episode is real goofy. (laughs) Uh, You know, we have a lot of connections with Mm. uh, different um, video stores and video collectors. Um, A lot of people recorded these shows Mm. and kept them and they circulate tapes, but they didn't necessarily ever put these shows out on DVD. So Mm. we do the best we can to find stuff that hasn't been officially released But it hasn't been officially released, so we can't really tell you where to get it.
1: Um, There are alleyways, however. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, there's no... Men men in trench coats just sort of holding them up, and there are
0: VHS cassettes in there of Man and
1: Machine. Want to watch
0: a Yancey Butler series? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mark Mothersbaugh does the music. Here's one from Hayden Mm. uh, about Twin Peaks. Okay. Okay. Uh, hello. Just today I finished Twin Peaks in its entirety before season three. Overall, I think it's a great show, but you definitely have to put up with some crap in the second season. That's correct. <laughs> After episode nine, the show doesn't really pick up in quality until episode 15. Mm. Where the show starts to fall flat is its subplot. All of these subplots will be fine in small doses, but the show starts to focus heavily on them. Spoilers <laughs> are ahead. I'm actually going to ditch what, that.
1: Which character is the, the one that just goes drifting around the country? Is it Bobby who's just sort no, of. No, it's it goes, uh, James. James. James leaves Twin Peaks. It's James been a while just, since I've seen. James, James gets here, bored
0: yeah. and like just drives off into a Double Indemnity knockoff for half a season. Yeah,
1: it's, it's terrible. like what? I, I don't under, that's like nothing to do with Twin Peaks, you know. Um, just, anyway. anyway, I'm going I'm actually gonna uh, skip over bits
0: of this email because if you haven't seen Twin Peaks, it's not really part of our show. We mm. did some video reviews of the new season on our Patreon, which you can uh-huh. watch only if you subscribe. Uh, but I'm not gonna spoil Twin Peaks for anyone else who hasn't seen it. Good. So I'm gonna skip ahead to. Uh, Even with its flaws, Twin Peaks is still worth watching. Now I need to convince my parents to get a showtime subscription so I can watch season three. Season three is fascinating, and I do Uh, recommend it.
1: I've seen the first four episodes so far, and I love it, and I hope to see more. I I have limited access to it, though, so I'm just going to have to wait.
0: Okay, Uh, here is uh, one from Kat Mm -hmm. to Sibs and Wilmaid. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. When running through Kevin McKidd's filmography on the <laughs> as, Journeyman as one, episode, as one does, you didn't mention mm. Gunpowder, Treason, and Plot. This is an exquisite BBC miniseries, two episodes, from 2004, in which McKidd plays Bothwell, the third husband of Mary, Queen of Scots, not Samuel Johnson's biographer. That was, of oh. course, my where I originally went with it, but, obviously.
1: Ba- Boswell? You mean? Bothwell. But, well, Boswell oh, is... Bothwell. 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 B o t h. B o s w e l l was Samuel Johnson's biographer. I got nothing. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm reading. I've, it wrong. I've read that. That's like 1,200 pages. I'm it was, sorry. I lived with it for a long time. No, it's good. It's great. Right. Everyone all, should read
0: that. You also mentioned The Big Bang Theory a couple of times. Mm. This is a show I loathe because its portrayal of because of its portrayal of people on the autistic spectrum. Mm. However, the mention of it reminded me of the superb performance of James Callis. Battlestar Galactica, and Austin Land in the show Flash Forward, which is a show that fits your rules. I didn't see it at the time, but binged it later and love it for the performances. I hope you can get to it eventually. It is on our list. I don't believe we have a copy of it. We have similar stuff like Daybreak and the Event. Let me see if we can do one or two more. No, 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 no. I
1: recommend everybody read the biography of Samuel Johnson as written by Boswell. It's just really true. It's the greatest of all biographies. It's it's the golden standard to which all other biographies. Oh, this is going to be great. Okay, Mm -hmm. here's one from Gary Bonesteel. Uh, it is in hey response. Gary. It is in response to the episode we did
0: on Terrorvision, okay, which is a show no one has heard of, uh-huh. but it is one of our more popular episodes. People, we got a lot of compliments <laughs> on that episode because once again, the show was terrible, and it was fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I had probably had more fun pitching ideas for Terrorvision episodes with you <laughs> than I've had ever before. Like it's the most fun I've ever had recording this show, which is coming up with terrible horror anthology. I think. Episodes I, think
1: with what, you. I think one of my one of my pitches was like, uh, guppy is addicted to. Of cocaine and the cocaine is an alien. <laughs> That's the big twist. <laughs> I had one where a werewolf was chased by a person.
0: Um because the show was like eight minutes long, so they never had enough time to do anything. It's really it weird. Is. Okay, so here's one from Gary Bonesteel. Hi fellas, just wanted to pitch you on a couple show ideas for TerrorVision. Alright. Here we go. The Bite. A family road trip. Two young boys sit in the back seat: Jack, 10, and Alan, 12. Throughout their journey alone, the boring flat expanse that is the Midwest, Jack complains that Alan keeps trying to bite him. The parents do their best to keep the peace between the boys, but Alan is insistent on trying to bite his brother. Eventually, the parents have had it, and when they pull off at a motel for the night, Alan is sent to bed without supper. Upon returning from supper, Jack and his parents find the motel door ajar, and Alan is nowhere in sight. The parents... Worried, go to the front desk to see if the clerk has seen Alan, only to find Alan eating the desk clerk. (laughs) The parents quietly clean up the mess, hide the body, and then drive off into the night. The last line is Jack complaining that Alan is trying to bite him. Probably too gruesome and way over budget, but oh well. Yeah, that's way too much. It's like two episodes of TerrorVision right there. (laughs) There's one called Bedtime. Thomas, age seven, doesn't want to go to bed. "'Night after night, we see vignettes of Thomas fighting his parents, "'the growing frustration of the parents, "'and the parents getting Thomas up in the morning. "'On the fourth vignette, after Thomas is finally asleep, "'he wakes up in the morning to find himself in the middle of the woods. "'Thomas wanders around scared and lonely. "'He tries to get back to sleep. "'He is chased by some unseen creature in the woods. "'Finally, he collapses from sheer exhaustion.' Thomas is woken up by his parents as if nothing has happened. The mother notices some bug bites on his arms and says, Two weeks ago with scratches. Now these bug bites. I'll never know how these things happen while you sleep. Fade to black. <laughs> that sounds like, yeah, what, what would have happened on Terror Vision. The basic premise being that Thomas is transported to random locations while he sleeps, but always returns the next morning. Thomas never knows when he will wake up in a new location. It's actually an okay premise. It's kind of cool. You can do something with that. All right, fine. Yeah, like Little Nemo, but like oh. reality. That's kind of interesting. And uh, lastly, toast. A woman is and, de- and the toast is an alien. <laughs> Maybe a woman is devastated when the family toaster breaks. God, okay. This sounds like terror vision. <laughs> they do not have the money to replace or repair their toaster. This throws the woman's morning into complete chaos as she tries to get everyone up and out the door. One day, after a particularly hard morning, she descends into her husband's workroom in an effort to fix the toaster. Not only does she fix the toaster, but. Unbeknownst to her, gives it artificial intelligence. The house returns to the normal, or does it? Soon, the toaster has repaired all of the other appliances in the house. The the appliances enslave the family, and this is in all caps. Comment on consumerism. <laughs> comment on consumerism would be a good shirt, by the way. <laughs> Gary, let us or- know if we can use that. Thanks, guys. Love the show, and Terrorvision was a real treat. Mm. Thanks for writing in. And by all means, Mm. send us more pitches for episodes of Terror Vision. That that
1: would be fantastic. Uh,
0: We will have more letters on the next episode of A Pouser Galactic.
1: Stop saying that.
0: We'll have more letters uh, Mm. on the next episode of Cancel Too Soon. We'll have Charlie Jade in the next episode of Cancel Too Soon. Mm. Again, Twitter, at Cancel Too Soon. I'm Matt William Bibiani. I'm Matt Whitney Seibold. We're on iTunes, Stitcher. Please subscribe on Patreon. Leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. And uh, that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season.